keep forgetting that Ungbok is uh, the name of the Buddha and not the name of the guy. No, and then, no. And then I watch it every time and go, oh, right. No, his name is Ting. Yeah, I know. Worst name. So that's fine. <laughs> it's a perfectly cromulent name. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. No, I also, I noticed this time, too, that, like, he doesn't have an arc. Hum Lee has an arc. Yeah. He's, yeah, he does. He's just, like, walking through this whole thing like the TIE Terminator. I mean... And then, like, people around him actually have character growth. <laughs> he's not a character. Ting is not a character. He's a man on a mission. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Even when he loses, the one time he loses a fight in this, it's not real. Yeah, no, it's that he threw it. Yeah. Which is weird, because we watched that guy shoot steroids... Yep. Before the fight. And it's like, you need to shoot steroids before you do a fake fight. I mean... What is this? Early 2000s WWE? Oh, boy. I'm sorry. That was not funny. <laughs> steroids are a major problem in the WWE in the early 2000s. Apparently, it's better now. Yeah. Well, they have that whole wellness thing, and let's hope that that actually works. Yeah. And, like... I also don't think they support people enough. Well, there's a million things we can talk about with the WWE thing. Sure. But, like, yeah, I mean, in general, and also, like, I don't need a wrestler I like to be a terrifying giant whose veins look like the Holland Tunnel, you no, know? No, but Vince McMahon does. Vince McMahon does. He is horny for big boys. Um, and that's fine. I mean, it's been a thing, a business model that has served him well. Sure. But at the same time, it's dangerous. Yeah. That shit's real bad. Absolutely. But we're not talking about that. Right. We're not even talking about wrestling. This isn't even a wrestling movie. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they didn't tell him that it was going to be fixed, so he shot up like he always does. Yeah, maybe. I didn't get that guy. Is that Lee? Did you catch his name? I guess is my real question. Because No, no, I did not. Yeah, I'd seen this before, yeah. so I was like, oh, he features into the back half of the movie, so like, they'll, I'll probably catch his name, and I mm -hmm. either didn't or they didn't say it again. No biggie, but yeah. I mean, like, if you watch the movie, you'll know who we talk about, you know, you yeah. know who we mean. I also honestly didn't get the name of the big bad guy. Um, I just refer to him as oh. boss in my notes. It doesn't, um, it doesn't matter, I mean, you know. Yeah, no, uh, it's uh, Kamutan. I don't sure. actually know if they say that Well, that's what I mean. Like, I, I, could get, I could get stuff off of IMDb, but I'm going by, like, the yeah. movie. Sure, yeah. Or I could read the Wikipedia and try to make sense of it, but at the same time, I'm just like, well, what does the movie tell me? Yeah, even Humley has, uh, that is how he's referred to most frequently in the movie, but he's introduced as George. Yeah, it's like 50-50 because, uh, what's her name, Moilak? Yeah. She refers to him as George a lot. Yes. Um, but obviously Ting refers to him as uh, Humle. Yeah. Because I have a question about the plot of this movie. And I was like, let me see if the Wikipedia makes it clearer. Mm -hmm. It does not. But um, it does mention that George, you know, has recently started bleaching his hair. And, you know, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I get that. I mean, like famously you know asian people don't have a lot of blonde in their genetic structure <laughs> but like his hair is super duper 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 short so it doesn't really even read as like bleached yeah until during the little poker game scam he's running uh some dude is like kind of throwing him some shade and he's like get out of here asshole and he's like stop bleaching your hair stop trying to copy my look and i was like oh okay yeah your hair's supposed to be bleached got it because mm -hmm. i just thought he was like prematurely gray or maybe it's just like the stubble was hit like the light was hitting his very very short like shaved head stubble weirdly yeah it's hard to tell and like at the end there's uh one of the village like uh elder monk guys um 
uh, is like revealed and he just has also like a shaved head. Yeah. And his hair is very light because he's old. But I was like, for a second, I was like, wait, did he bleach his hair in a tribute to Hong Lei? <laughs> I was like, no, that's insane, right? It's an insane thing for me to think. I was like, no, it's not. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> the only time I really noticed his hair was um, there's, I, I'll bring it up again probably, but there's a fight scene where you can tell pretty clearly that uh, they're using a stunt person. Because oh, instead of hair, yeah, because hair is still blonde, but it is several inches longer. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I even paused it and took it back to like Make look sure, at this yeah. guy. Yeah, and I'm I like, yeah, no, that. yeah, it's uh, that gas station brawl okay. after. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah uh, they're gonna get killed. Yeah, he like dives out the window and like by the uh, oh, yeah. the pumps and stuff. And this guy has like <laughs> hair, much longer hair. He has hair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because uh, Humle looks like Wooly Willy. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. he's got very, very short hair, and yeah. it's supposedly bleach blonde, and I'm just like, okay, it's a choice. Yeah, we just dove right into this. So I hope listeners who complain about the length of the episodes, I assume there are some, <laughs> um, I hope they're like, oh, cool, they're diving right in. No bullshit. Yeah, you know what? This episode's going to be lean and mean and short and sharp, like a elbow to the top of your skull. Yeah, seriously. Because we're talking about Ang Bak from 2006. Uh, 2003. Three. Oh, I'm sorry, that. 2003. Directed by, and I had to look this up, I, I wanted to look up a bunch of the actors' names like the pronunciations, um, because a lot, there's a lot of Thai actors in this, and uh, they're not all mm-hmm. as easy to pronounce as Tony Ja. Yeah. And I really couldn't find a lot of pronunciation things for these names. I did get the director, whose name is pronounced Prakia Pinkow. Again, I can't verify this. That's just I. Yeah. I was lucky enough to find that. Uh, you know. I, I pronunciation. Guy. I would have fucked up the first name. Yeah, um. I mean it's it's you know, it's spelled P R A C H Y A. Yeah. So there's a bunch of ways that my brain wants to be like, oh, all this could be, you know, three or four different ways. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the last name is P-I-N-K-A-E-W. So, but apparently it's Prakia Pink now. Ung Bak, the Thai warrior, is because they put out a bunch of alternate versions in uh, well, different because, countries. Because this is a dyed-in-the-wool, like, through-and-through genre movie. Yeah. It gets released in a bunch of different markets under different names yep. that will appeal better to those markets. So... Most of them, do, though, do include Ang Bak. Sure, yeah. But it's all the subtitles. So you get Ang Bak, the Muay Thai warrior in some U.S. and Canada releases. Ang Bak, the Thai warrior in all, most of the world. Um, and a couple of them are known under various versions of Enter the New Dragon. Yeah. Because they're just like, oh, it's a it's a kung fu film with an Asian guy. This will be the new Bruce Lee. Like, we'll catch people on the Bruce Lee market, you mm-hmm. know? So I think I read that Mexico is just called uh, Ang Bak, the New Dragon. Ang Bak, El Nuevo Dragon. India doesn't even have Ong Bak in it's it. Just it's just called Enter the, Enter new, the dragon. new Dragon. Yeah. Yep. Sure. Well, I also did want to uh, mention while we're talking about the province of this film that it is released in parts of the Western world under uh, Luc Besson's. Um, yes. Yeah, I have a note production about that. Production company. Yeah. Uh, Europa, right? 
Yeah, something. Uh, and that uh, it was uh, recut and scored differently. Uh, yeah, I mean, that also, again, genre film. Yeah. So that happens a lot, um, yeah. depending on the market and depending on what the, you know, r- restrictions are there. Yeah. They'll cut out violence, whatever, whatever. So after I read that, I was like, oh, I was thinking about the version that I just watched that I own on yeah. DVD. I think this is the original Thai score. I don't think so. No? No. The thing that I read said that the uh, Lupasan release had hip-hop added to it. Yeah, I... Which I didn't get any of that in this. A lot of it sounded very, like, Thai, even, like, the musicality, the, you know, like, the... I don't know how to describe it. The shape of the music seemed very Thai, like, the way they were, you know, the forms, like, and the melodies and stuff seemed very, like, Thai to me. It sounded, you know, and some of the instrumentation sounded like that, but it didn't sound like... I wouldn't have... I would never have thought to describe this as hip-hop, which is what I read. Yeah the lupasan release um had yeah i have no idea i'm i I, yeah you know i didn't pay attention to the company credits at the opening whatever version of the score this is it's not something that i'm a huge fan of i actually Um, didn't mind uh, most of it really a couple times i was like i like i genuinely like this there's one where there's only one that has what i call vocals it's not words it's literally just somebody like just doing like a sustained note it's like oh and i was like Mm -hmm. that's kind of weird in a way that i like I just remember for a, for an action. It was during the um the cart the tuck tuck chase. I looked them up because I was like ah. these things definitely have a name, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I because they're very specifically three wheels. Yeah. And I was like, that's got to have a specific name, and they're called tuck tucks. Yeah, I meant to look that up. Well, I guess we'll get to our history because that's where we're at now. Sure. Okay. So our history with this movie is that I'd never seen it, despite it always getting mentioned to me because I like action movies. I like kung fu yeah. movies. You know. I'm not afraid of uh, foreign cinema, right. well, things also, with subtitles. So a lot of friends who are also into those would be like, oh, dude, have you seen Ang Bak? You'd like it. Yeah. And I just had never gotten around to it. You and, also like a lot of early Jackie Chan, which yeah. this sort of feels like that where it's shot in that similar Definitely. style of, you know, doing multiple camera angles on a stunt and, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, yeah. This this movie is using fucking human beings as yeah. its big set pieces. Yes. And it wants to show you, like, look, just look at this. Yes. Like, just take a fucking second and, like, we can talk about it, but, like, we recently watched Mortal Kombat and I have some issues with that. The uh, new Mortal Kombat, yes. Yeah. I have issues with the new Mortal Kombat because it uh, it basically squanders a wealth of opportunities mm-hmm. with just its cast. Its cast are great. Yeah. They're all very good physical... I don't know what you want to call these people because they're actors, sure, but they also do a lot of fighting and stunts. So they're they're hybrid, you know, hybrid action stars. Yeah, there are people like, uh, you know, Scott Atkins, who is an actor. Sure, he can show up, deliver lines. He can mm-hmm. be menacing or brooding or you know sad or happy or you know whatever. He can do these things, but also then he can do like a flying split and kick a window, you know, yeah. or whatever. And you're like, okay. This guy can kind of do a lot. Yeah. And we just uh, watched uh, the Fast and the Furious franchise. And Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Jason Statham are, yeah, that kind of hybrid thing where they can be very physical, but then also they can deliver, you know, performances on top of that. Yeah. uh, You know, obviously, The Rock comes from a, a physical performer background. Oh, sure. And has adapted to, like, movie acting, you know. Yeah. Which is different than wrestling ring acting yeah because they're totally different things um they're related it's the same family but they're it's a different skill set yeah theater Uh, background yeah yeah and like (laughs) and jason statham who is like you know a tough guy actor but who 
also does a lot of his own physical stuff. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you mentioned, like, Jackie Chan, who's, like, an actor yeah. who also does superhuman feats of, you know, physical ability. Yeah. The likes of which have never been seen and will never be seen again. Yeah. Um, he is, unlike anybody else, my favorite. Yeah. I'm, well, a, I mean, I'm a Jackie Stan. I think I've mentioned this on the, sure. <laughs> on the show before. But, so, that's my issue with the new Mortal Kombat is there's too much editing as opposed to things like this or early Jackie Chan thing. And I know it's because the filmmaking style has changed and, you know... But, like, would I or really anybody mind if you are like, look at this very impressive move. It's going to be slowed down a little bit, and we'll show it from two or three camera angles, just so you can really sink in. Like, look how impressive it is. Like, really look at it. Really think about what is happening. Yeah. And, like, that's how you, I, in my opinion, that's, like, one of the best ways you can use slow motion. Look at all the moving parts. There's a thing in this that outwardly doesn't seem very impressive, but they slowed it down, which made me think about it. And I was like, damn, that is really goddamn impressive. Uh, it's during the, like, alley chase, which is, like, light parkour. Yeah. Ting, Tony Jaw, climbs to the top of some scaffolding. You know, there's a bunch of bad guys. They got weapons. And one of them swings, I don't know, like a table leg or a board or something at him uh -huh. at his feet because the guy is, like, on ground level. Tony Jaw does, like, a backwards fucking, like, somersault off the top part of the scaffolding lands on yeah. the second level down. Oh. And then front flips to correct for the momentum. Yeah. Uh, and does it. And then another front flip to land on the ground and then he runs off. Yeah. But they slow that down and you can see all, there's like five other guys, five other stuntmen actors, mm -hmm. like, perform, you know, swinging weapons or whatever at him, all selling that like, I'm going to try and kill this guy. But they also don't actually want to kill Tony Jaw because right. that would ruin everything. Yeah. Uh, and your movie would have to stop, right. and then Tony Jaa would be dead, which would be a loss to cinema. You know, it really, yeah, it's, I was it's like... the usual choreography dance yeah. of, like, you're swinging where you know that they're not going to be because we've planned this out beforehand. Right. But also, yeah, that move, it's like watching um, gymnastics on the mats and stuff yeah. when people are doing, like, a series of flips and, yeah. like, it's, handsprings It's three things in a row. It's, it's three things in a row... Going down, down yes, like, going, going down, downhill. Well, going down, yeah, <laughs> well, this yeah. scaffolding. Yeah. Um, while people are swinging yeah. weapons at you, and yeah. they all have to be like you know perfectly on their mark. Yeah. And like slowing it down like that lets me really appreciate it. Yeah. But, on top yes. of that, like physically, Tony Jaa kind of looks a little bit like Bruce Lee, just in that like very like ropey, wiry kind of physique. It's a body where you can really see his muscles move when he's doing things. So that also makes a lot of like the hits look even more brutal when you slow them down because you yeah. can see stuff bulging and, you know, yeah. taut and whatever. Yeah, it's his taut bulging yeah. muscles. Sure. I know. But you know, like, cause he's doing these like, you know, forearm, you know, elbow hits to the head and just like everything's like standing out. <laughs> Yeah, dude. I and mean, it looks very intense and it he looks is, very painful. He is just entirely <laughs> clenched and yeah. ready to fire at any uh, yes. at any time. Yeah. My history with this is oh, that. Oh, sure, yeah. Sorry. Then, you know, <laughs> you were like, hey, have you ever seen this? Uh, and I said, no. And all three of them, there are three. Yeah. All three of them were streaming somewhere. And you're like, yeah, we should watch this. And I watched it and I was just like, this is, and I had to look up because it's right after I started my letterbox. Mm -hmm. um, it was like the second or like third thing. Sure. That we watched. And <laughs> I refer to it as stupidly impressive. Yeah. Like, this movie is, like, stupidly... Everything in it is stupidly impressive. Because you're just watching it, and you're like, cool, and then they're going to do some, like, you know, for lack of a better term, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way, karate. Yeah. They're going to do some, some you know, fight choreography. 
But then, like, Tony Jaa does something where he jumps, like, 25 feet. Yeah, I mean, that's almost, the other Almost thing. horizontally to deliver, like, an elbow strike. Yeah. And you're just like, fuck. Like, physically, that looks impossible. Yep. He's... But he also, at the same time, makes it look easy. Yep. <laughs> he's got jumps, and he's got splits. Incredible. And it's just all very... So, I want you to keep in mind, for the rest of this episode, you, the listener, hi, yes, you, yes, stop making eggs, shut the fuck up, pay attention. I want you to keep in mind, for the rest of this episode, stop driving, pull over, <laughs> close your eyes. Stop, stop <laughs> telling people to do stuff. So one of my favorite bits what is me did. telling people, potentially driving their car, to close their eyes and visualize something. I keep in mind, when we talk during the rest of this episode, the rest of the walkthrough, when we talk about, and then they have a fight or whatever, you have to keep in mind that, like, it's not, they're not, like, punching. There's some punching. They're not just kicking. There is some kicking. It's all really goddamn impressive. And every, like, 20 things, someone does something where you're like, Jesus fucking Christ. And, like, it's it's not like, oh, and then he, you know... He punches a VW bug into the air. Like, it's not like, oh, it's a big, memorable, specific stunt that no one has done before. You're just like, the craft and the way in which it is done and presented on film is, like, astoundingly good and satisfying. Well, I think it might also be important to note that, uh, you know, this features Muay Thai. Which yeah, it is... actually features some uh, version, an earlier version of Muay Thai. Yeah, hang on. Uh, so it's Moy Boran. Moy Boran, yeah. Which is a earlier, like, predecessor to Muay Thai. Muay Thai, yeah. And apparently I... it focuses more on short, brutal strikes. Yes. Um, Muay Thai is yeah. already a pretty, like, yeah. hard-hitting uh, fighting style, as is my understanding. But I yeah. believe there's more, dist- like, it's more incorporating distance yes. fighting. Whereas yeah. uh, apparently Moy Boran is a very close-up and brutal yeah. It's yeah. all elbows and knees. That's my takeaways. Right. It's all elbows yes. and knees and it's wild. Yes. Um yeah, Muay Thai will have I think a larger degree of like wider kicks yes. whereas again this is yeah, all all your pointy bits. So mm-hmm. So occasionally like I will refer to them as like, you know, fight nerds, right? Yeah. Occasionally like filmmakers and cast and crew who are fight nerds yeah. will really be like, oh, and there's some of this in, like, the John Wick movies. I was gonna say, like, all the dudes that did John Wick. Yeah. Right, they're they're <laughs> actually fight nerds. Like oh, I know. You know, they can be like, oh, John Wick should know these three disciplines, and, like, sure. that should be where all his moveset comes from. Right. And then the other people, you know, should know this and this and this, and these are, it's different, they're gonna look different, they're gonna fight different. That was one thing that I really loved about that series. It's incredible, because right. Because it gives, even if you're not familiar with different fight styles, it does sort of give you, like, a subconscious feel that, like, these two people have a different history as far as their training. Right. And because it is going to look a little different. Right, and you don't need to know anything to know that they're different. You can see that the way they move and the way they fight are different. The violin versus the fiddle. Yeah. It's and, the same instrument used differently. Right, and, like, and that's this kind of thing. But a lot of people don't didn't always apply that. You know, you just, like, you'd be casting, so you just, like, get people who do, quote-unquote, martial arts. Yeah. And... There's, like, hundreds. Oh. There's hundreds of martial arts. Like, Boy. Like, it depends on how insular you want to get. Right, right. How, yeah, how, yeah, how granular you want right. to. Sure. But, like, yep. there's a bunch of different styles. I but mean, if not... you're just casting in a movie in, like, Lethal mm-hmm. Weapon, if you're just like, I want a couple guys that can do, quote-unquote, martial arts, you get what you get. Maybe somebody is, you know, doing kickboxing, and maybe somebody is doing, like, judo you know or whatever and they're just like oh can you just punch you know like yeah so you can see elements of 
you know, these different things here and there, but it wasn't until more recently when there are more, there's more of a market and the fandom for these like kinds of fighting style nerds and fight nerds, you know, that they will make more movies that like where you just have a character who only fights in this style yeah, because like, it uh, showcases it. Like the Ip Man yeah. series. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, my, my point with this is that because it's a irregular style, just seeing that presented in a feature-length film is kind of, it feels new. Yeah, and also... And but more engaging. It also helps that stunts. it's good. It is. It's really yeah. good. Yeah. It, like, the movie is really good. It's very fun. Yeah. There's not a ton of fighting. There's It's not like it's lacking, but watching through it this time, the amount of stuff that was just like exposition to keep the story moving and then stuff that was action scenes that were not combat yeah um it's pretty high yeah like you do you have some chasing and stuff yeah and, ting you know. is not we'll explain but like ting is not inherently like oh i know muay thai i know muay baran i'm gonna go just whoop ass in the city that's not his what his mission is no he's not a he's not that dude yeah he has been you know he's been instructed with a very specific goal and also told like now that you know how to do this, you must never use it. Yep. And he's only using it because he needs to. Yeah. He's our hero character. Mm -hmm. He's the Thai Terminator. Or as I refer to him, Thai Daylight Batman. Sure. He is, dude. <laughs> I will, There's a scene that cements him in my mind as Thai Daylight Batman. It's near the end. So when we get there, I will mention it. Okay. Very broad strokes. Ting is from a small village. They have a ceremony every 25 years to celebrate their, like... Buddha. Yeah. It's, it's you know, their specific village deity. Yeah. Their Buddha is called Ong Bak. Ong Bak. And some dick takes his head. We'll get into why the, that... The how and why. Yeah, the how and why later. His name is Don. Yeah. Fuck Don. And uh, there is a great line where an old woman in the village just says, Don is a bastard. He is, though. But I was like, immediately, I was like, I love that everybody knows exactly who this was. Yeah, that piece of shit. Yeah. Ting is charged with going to Bangkok to retrieve Ung Bak's head. Yeah. And while he is there, he should meet up with Humle, who is another guy from Humle, the village. Who is, yeah. He's a guy in the village. The, the Wikipedia they, says they are cousins. They say cousin in the subtitles, but I wasn't sure if it was literal cousins or if it was just that they were from the same From small the very village. small village, right. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, we're all family. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the thing is, if the village is that small, they could literally be cousins. Be cousins, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Humle is trying to make himself be a sophisticated city guy and uh, distance himself from his village, you know, roots. Um, so there's like yeah. a Although, little bit of Ting as a country bumpkin shit when he first shows up. Well, actually, they keep calling him a, a, a hayseed and a hick throughout well, the whole movie. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I mean, but I mean, like from his friends. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, 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 um, uh, oh. Moilek, she... Yeah. She is specifically is like, oh, this, I forget what she calls it, bumpkin or whatever, you know. Yeah. This bumpkin mm -hmm. friend of yours and, and, you know, George is going, uh, I don't know, I think he's talking to you, you know, like. And it's it's funny. It's actually, like, really funny. So I don't know, I don't know culturally how big a, you know, thing that is or if that's just being played for, like, comedy here, you know, like, whatever. Because, I don't know, even my cousins that I'm not, like, my, aren't my favorite cousins, I still wouldn't pretend I didn't know them. <laughs> No, I don't know who that is. <laughs> I think he's talking to you. Yeah, I don't know. This is weird. Yeah. 
So that's what I was like. I don't know if they're actually cousins or if it's just like. Well, yeah. so they also pretty early established Humley's a piece of shit, but. He kind of is. He's an opportunist. Sure, yeah. And he also owes a lot of money, yeah. like a lot of opportunists yeah, the do. Yeah, the way he's been living in the city. So he lied and told his father that he was studying to become a priest. And instead. Oh, is that what it, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah, he told his uh, dad that he was going to be, like, you know, a monk. Oh, no, you're right, yeah. And yep. then he, and... Had, he had sent a request home previously, I guess, unless yeah. he did it in person, where he asked his dad for money to start yeah. a business. Yeah. Part of the letter was like, oh, don't worry about being a monk, just come home. Yeah, some of the letter was, I can't can't give you the money right now, there's a drought, uh, which means things are hard in the village, yeah. and... Also, you need to focus on your studies, or however he put it. And, yeah. and he's like, but first, help Ting return the Angbok head, and our fortunes will be reversed in the village. Yeah, because the other thing is that, you know, it's a little um, superstition, or, yeah. you know, magic, or whatever. Yeah, it's, where it's magic, like, baby. Oh, yeah, or it's like, oh, stuff's going poorly because this has been desecrated. Yeah. Um, fuck with your shrine. Yeah. You gotta put your shrine back together. But yeah, so he's he's lying to his folks. He's like selling fake drugs. Yeah. Uh, he's running a bunch of like scams and stuff, gambling he's a scams and things. Yeah. So Baby. He's, so he wants you to know. So you know he's he's kind of being a piece of shit. Um, he's he's skipping out on his rent, like all this kind of stuff. He wait, wait, wait. Sorry, where do you get the rent thing? Uh, his landlord was saying that he was gonna kick him out, and so they gave him. I don't remember that... the landlord. When's the land... When was that? After the first fighting, when Ting was like, no, I don't want winnings, I just want my own money back. Yeah. Then when they went back to Humley's place, the landlord was going up the stairs behind him going, you owe me money. Oh, I must have been taking and, a note or something. I must have okay. missed that. Yeah, yeah sorry. And then no, they give I... him the ring that the girl gave him as part of, like, all the villagers. Oh, yeah. Him. I totally missed that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, yeah. So his landlord's after money and stuff, and yeah, he... Is like, you know, well, you still owe me more money and yeah. stuff. And if you don't okay. have it by the end of this week, then I'm throwing your stuff in the street. Okay. Yeah, I missed um, that. I, yeah. Anyway. I only remember him owing money to whatever the low, low key, uh. Peng is, uh. Peng, yes. Um, yeah, is a drug dealer. Um. Yeah, Peng is a street level drug dealer. Yeah. He's not really anybody of importance, but he is like the head of the gang. And then there's the other guy who I mentioned. I just refer to him as boss. Komutan. And he's, like, an actual, like, criminal underlord, you know? Oh, like, yeah. He runs an empire. He's got schemes. He's a big bad. Yep. Um, Peng is a street-level guy. Yeah. Just so every listening understands when we talk about these things. Yeah. Because they're going to run afoul of a couple of crime organizations, and some of them are yeah. more serious than well, others. Also, so Peng isn't affiliated with Big Boss. No, no, no. But Don is. Yes, Don yes. works for him. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that was a thing that I wasn't entirely sure, but also, yeah, I guess it's just everybody getting into scrapes. It's that, it's that Ting hum- has his story, which right. involves Don and the big boss. Right. And then and George has, has his, own his story, yeah. right, which involves Peng. But yeah, so, you know, so he's not, he hasn't been living great, but then from helping Ting retrieve Umbach's head, Humley kind of like, I don't know, redeems himself a little bit. He, he gets more on like a righteous path. In keeping with our uh, wrestling talk, it's called a face turn. Yeah, Yeah. that's a good way to put that. It's a heel face Mm -hmm. turn. Yeah, so they're running around Bangkok. There's a lot of people that are annoyed at them slash just trying to do them bodily harm, Uh I guess. And eventually they trace it all the way to the top, I guess, where to find Ungbok's head. Yeah. And then they get it back. Yeah. And along the way, there is cage fighting, kind of, well, fight clubbing. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, fight clubbing, tuk-tuk racing. Tuk-tuk, well, yeah, chasing. a tuk-tuk chase scene. Yeah. There's an amazing, I, I refer to it as light parkour chase sequence. Yeah, through a market. It's great. Yep, it is. Um, the power of jumping, the likes of which we have not seen since Mario Brothers. 
it's un and I mean like it's the kind of thing where they're they're playing it for yeah for jokes and stuff yeah oh the, this this has humor not throughout the whole thing it's not a movie where you're gonna get like um you know a lot of comic characters but that makes right. every time they deploy like the humor you know really land because it not even necessarily that, that it relieves tension but it just reminds you that like like this movie's supposed to be fun you're supposed to be enjoying yourself it's not like oh it's dire it's life and death even though you know at times it is there's death in it whatever people are threatening you with weapons and they're, they're not they're not gonna not kill you they're crime oh. guys crime guys do crime i did want to mention um i'm not gonna pronounce it correctly but the, the actor portraying humley pet chai Wong Kam Lao is a fairly successful Thai, like, comedian, comic actor. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He does a good job. Yeah. And then they recover Ong Bak's head, and that's not even the end of the movie. They they find out where Ong Bak, and usually the movie, a movie structure would be like, okay, we, fi- we finally found who has the Ong Bak head, and then there would be some sort of, like, I don't know, raid on their citadel or something to, like, retrieve it, and that would be kind of be, like, the, the end of the movie, but there's, like two more movements to this that I think is really interesting. Well, no, they still hadn't gotten it back. No, I know, but oh, like... okay. Again, in a movie where the sure. whole fucking point is I have to find Don, Don has the head, and then you're like, no, Don doesn't have the head. Who's got the head? Yeah. Then you're like, okay, you find out it's the big boss. Mm-hmm. Then again, in a traditional movie, it would be like, well, now we break into the big boss's house or warehouse or whatever the fuck, and we steal it back, and there would be a big action sequence, and then it would go, the end. Mm, yeah. But in this, that doesn't happen. They yeah. make a deal with the big boss, because he sees, well, they're not really going to give up, and they just keep fucking up all my shit, and I have a lot to do. Yeah. And then there's, like two, like I said, two more movements after that. Right, because it's a double cross, because they have already fucked up some of his shit, right, like, and that's now thing is like, revenge. Again, if this was like, I'll use Lethal Weapon, just because that seems like a you know, oh, a yeah. thing that people get, yeah. um, you know, whatever the big scheme is, it gets blown up 30 minutes before the end of the movie. Like, and that's where Lethal Weapon would end. But it's like, ah, we shut him down for good. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, yeah, but, you know, this this continues on. And it's yeah. weird yeah. and good. I like it, but it's weird. Yeah. It's an unusual structure. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, even having a couple of different, I guess, levels of people, one being, again, Humley's antagonists yeah, yeah and then these other antagonists that have what ting needs and and having them being unaffiliated is kind of a weird thing as well normally i think they would all be part of like one big criminal structure yeah, yeah instead the... it's just that bangkok's a big city and there's a lot of people that suck i guess yeah peng would work for the big boss right right yeah. or peng would be don yeah or whatever like yeah. something yeah um, or Don would be like the big boss's like right hand guy that you have yeah. to fight before you can fight him. You know, because well, I guess what Don's also dragon. Don's also involved in drugs though too. Yeah, Don Don's just a guy. He's yeah. he's exactly like Hamlet, where he like is a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, well, he's just he's a he's he wants to take advantage of situations. He wants to improve his situation by whatever. This is my question before we dive into all the details is what exactly is Big Boss's money making plan? What what does he benefit from all the destruction of the Buddhas? Well, I think he might be black market selling uh, artifacts. Okay, is that cuz but is that in there? Yeah, well, cuz at the end of the tuk-tuk chase yeah. when they crash into the bay. Yeah, I know they find all the things. Yeah. That's not my question. Yeah. My question is how does having those make him money? I believe he was eventually going to be selling them, but that he was hiding them. Right. So then why does he tell Don that the Angbach head holds, he literally says, like, it holds no value for me. And he keeps talking about religion. Yeah. 
he's like, I don't, I don't believe in religion. I'm, you know, my own religion, yeah. that kind of thing, which is fine. That's yeah. a villain's, you know, that's them giving that character shape. Sure. But if you're selling Buddha pieces on the black market, then another Buddha head is a thing you would want. I think it's that it's from such a small village and is from, of so little notoriety that it's not worth anything, except that. It has been the reason that Ting has fucked all of his other shit up. Right, but okay. so then it becomes kind of a fuck you. Okay, but this is where I'm. This is why it doesn't make any sense to me because if you're just selling on the black market, sure, there's probably some people on the black market who are buying Buddhas and Buddha heads because he just when they find the ones in the bay. Yeah. There's some whole it's... Buddhas and there's just some heads. Yeah. And there's a couple of headless Buddhas. Yeah. So I feel like they were just reusing props. <laughs> They're like, we'll cut the heads off, and then we're like, well, yeah. we need to fill the scene out, so put yeah. a couple of those headless yeah. Buddhas in the so back this, where you can't see so them. The stuff in the bay was worth, like, tens of millions right, of right, but my question is, dollars zip or it. Okay. My question, Fine. please, let me finish the question, then you'll understand how to answer yeah. me. My question is, if you're selling these to people, by definition, not everybody is going to know, like, oh, that's the blank Buddha from blank city that has this much blank attention and notoriety. You're just going to sell us people like, and I don't mean this, I love him, Nicolas Cage... Uh-huh. Who's like, I kind of want a Buddha head. And you're just like, oh, I could sell this to Nicolas Cage for like, you know, 300 grand. Like, it's not worth nothing. But he straight up tells Don, destroy it. And it's like, you could sell this to somebody for some money. Or you could put it in a lot with a bunch of other Buddha heads and be like, here's a bunch. Here's like the famous two and an extra one for fucking whatever. Just throw in a couple extra grand. Like, it's not worth nothing. That's your whole racket. Again, if, you're, if your business is selling apples and somebody's like, I stole this apple... And you're like, fuck that apple. It's like, no, you sell no. apples. Like, it's maybe not, it's not worth nothing. That's, and that's a false equivalency there. How? The apples is a false equivalency. All right. If you're selling apples and somebody's like, here, I have part of this really good apple. I, I believe a more fair comparison would be, I have a stolen coin collection. And then also the guy that works for me took one of your 50 state quarters that you're very attached to. Let's say Maine. And I said, well, this is worthless. No. See, but... I think that's a false equivalency because coins have an inherent wealth to them. This is a thing. It's a statue, right? It's a statue you're selling illegally to people who want to buy them. And while some of them, some of the buyers will be like, oh, this is a specific one from a specific location and therefore it's worth more. There are other people who are just looking to buy that thing. I think that you're assuming that he's running a whole wholesale market instead of specifically doing a heist for people who are going to be like no, connoisseurs of the thing. My whole thing is that it's very ill-defined. Okay. As evidenced by how we don't even know what the fuck the deal is. He's definitely selling Buddha parts. Yeah. On the black market and making as he says tens of thousands of what's the I don't know if it's either dollars or bot, but Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure cuz a couple times they specify in the dialogue yeah. bot, but a couple times they just say like 10 million, so I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. But anyway. Um But yeah, he's making millions from it. It's like the fucking underpants gnomes. Yeah, maybe. It's, it's like step three, question mark, step four, profit. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. it's very ill-defined for me. Because again, like... Yeah, again, I think the whole deal is supposed to be like, well, these Buddhas are special and your Buddha is shit. Right, and that doesn't and... it doesn't read to me. It doesn't okay. come across. I don't know enough about it. You know, it's like if you if I made a heist movie where they stole a bunch of really, really, really rare baseball cards. Yeah. 
And then somebody's like, no, I have this fucking, you know, you worthless, whoever the fuck, you know, rookie card. It's like, well, it's worth like $8. But we don't ever specify that. So somebody that doesn't know anything about baseball cards is like, how come that card is nothing and the other cards are something? They're the same thing. You need to explain that better, I think. That's my one big critique of this. It's, sure. Luckily, it's not the main plot of the movie. Yeah. Um, but it is like the driving force for some of characters actions so i keep thinking about it and i'm just like i don't understand what's going on yeah i mean like i think what they're really going for is oh this thing that is very important to you is meaningless to me except that it's brought you into my life and you're you're fucking my shit up right they drive that home enough with him not caring about religion and not having any problem desecrating these holy you know sacred artifacts and locations because he doesn't believe in religion yeah they drive that hope that that thought process enough you know they drive that home enough through that through yeah. his couple of like mini monologues about that yeah where i'm like oh i get that you yeah. know your religion is super important to you doesn't mean anything to me but then to be like and also specifically this one is also not important i just don't I, yeah it was it's it's murky to me and i don't sure. get it to the point where like when they're in the bay and they find all the the buddhas and stuff in the nets ting swims up to a buddha head in like a net bag and you know then like the next thing is the next shot is like police have come and seized x amount of you know like stolen you know religious memorabilia whatever whatever phraseology they use you know found in the bay or whatever and i'm like so was that his buddha's head like you know was it the angbak head or not and then it's like no it wasn't I'm like okay i don't know also you're a criminal you can just lie to other people you could take the angbak head and be like yeah it's the famous head right like i could theoretically pour some fucking cement put my hands in it, copy Tom Cruise's signature, and be like, this is Tom Cruise's handprints from outside the, you know, man's Chinese theater. I oh. pried it up, and I'm selling it on the black market. And some rube would be like, I'll pay you $50,000 for it because of Scientology. And I'm like, cool. I think you invented a whole new scam. Let's call it art forgery. This is good. I'm going to patent that <laughs> so that no one else can steal my idea for art forge forgery. What did you say it was? Yeah. Forgery. <laughs> I'm a forgenist. Oh, God. <laughs> So anyway, I'm going to invite a bunch of other pe people over to, to make fake art. We're going to have a 4G. <laughs> Better put some tarp down. It gets messy. Because uh, like the painting, there's yes, like a lot of yep. paint. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you're like, if you're like forging yeah. a Jackson yeah. Pollock. Turpentine. Oh, you're going to need some turpentine. Yeah. Yeah. I will ready my smock. <laughs> Boy, you made smock sound filthy. <laughs> Um, Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> um, so the way this opens is crazy. It's great. It's a great <laughs> opening scene um, because it's really singular. Mm -hmm. It's very like unique. It, it stands out. Like mm -hmm. I've never really seen anything quite like this, yep. and it doesn't have anything to do with anything really. Well, I mean, it might be part of the the celebration. It but is. I wasn't able to find any details about if that is that, real or not. Yeah, about this the practice, but there is a tree with a yellow flag on top. And everybody in the village is competing to be the one that gets that flag. I think it's mostly the young men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I yeah. mean, yes, all the eligible uh -huh. yeah. competitors, which is all young men. Mm -hmm. And it's full contact tree climbing. And they're Capture all, the flag. They're all muddy. And, um, yeah, it's pretty good. There's a lot of good stunt work in this, obviously. And, yeah. And people are climbing and kicking each other off the tree, and people are falling pretty hard. And yeah, it looks and like the ground was raked, so that's nice. Yeah, it's... I think they either just softened the ground up by tilling the soil a lot, yeah. or they might have buried pads under loose soil. Yeah. Um, either way, you do get, like, shots of people falling, like, 
15, 20 feet yep. to the ground. Yep. And, like, it doesn't not hurt. Right. <laughs> um, at one point, there's a guy that gets his, uh, he gets pulled off the tree by his like pants like at the waist oh yeah even though it is daytime even though it's daytime this is a full moon yep in the opening of this film (laughs) what an auspicious sign sure for their celebration uh as you can imagine tony jaw it ting is the one that reaches the top gets the flag and makes it back down without anybody taking it from him if you were wondering how even though i said full contact tree climbing capture the flag if you're wondering how could that be cool the way Tony Jaw ties this flag around his, like, shoulder is already cool. Like, yeah. he just, like, whips it into, uh, you know, a strip and then puts it under one arm and around the other side of his neck and then just ties it really fast and very, like, yeah, done. And I'm like, how does he make that look cool? Yeah. Guy's just very cool. He's a cool guy. Good, good choice for the star of your film. A guy that makes something like that look pretty cool. Yeah. It's a fun sequence. There's, like acrobatics and stuff people there's a uh, somebody takes a fucking really wild fall early on mm-hmm. where he falls hits one limb like tree limb and then that changes the direction of his body he yeah. hits another one and then changes back and then hits the ground and like that slows your momentum um, yeah. that's what you want that's the thing that like as a kid watching these movies i was always like oh my god like that guy hit things on the way down that's gotta hurt but it slows your momentum which is actually better oh interesting <laughs> uh yeah, that's why you'll see yeah. that a lot in movies where people will fall, they'll hit like three or four things. Yeah, like just plank go their way down. Yeah, yep. and like it sucks, <laughs> but it sucks less than falling straight where you gain momentum until you hit yeah. the earth. <laughs> um, one of the like couple of times I think I might have concussed myself was falling out of a tree. Again, fell into dirt. So I mean, like would have been worse if it wasn't dirt when my head went back. Like I didn't feel great afterwards. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that stuff's no joke. No. And then we see... Uh, who we will find is Don, and yeah. he's trying to buy a Buddha pendant. Yes, um, from somebody in the village. Yeah, uh, and this guy won't part with it, and you know Don's trying to fucking haggle. But again, Don is a—he's an obvious social climber. Mm-hmm. He's somebody who's trying too hard to seem casual. So he's telling the guy, like, come on, man. Like, look, the head is chipped. It's real old. It's really worn out. Like, you know, however much I'm offering you is a fair price. And I think not only not wanting to part with it, but also how thirsty Don obviously is for this pendant. The village guy is like, nah. And he's like, well, call me if you change your mind. He's like, dude, I live in this village. I don't have a phone. Yeah. And he's like, well, I'll give you my address. You can write me if you change your mind. And he's like, whatever. That's that's where that cuts. And I was like, that's weird. That's funny. Yeah, and we, you know, explain that, like, it's a, a special, like, sort of festival time the, every 24 years. The flag, like, uh, you know, is the same color as the robes. They're blessing the robes they put on the angbak. Yeah. And that's what the the zenith of their celebration is, like, the robes. And then they do, like, a big, you know, yeah, dress, ceremony. Dressing yeah. the Buddha and they're doing a ceremony. I think, like, the the, like main thing is supposed to take place in a few days or something like i don't think this is the because i thought he had to get the head back before like the end of the week or something yeah but anyway yeah so don because he's a salty boy yeah and he didn't the, get the pendant right steals Ungbok's head and yeah, he has some of his dudes uh saw the head off yep and one of the village guys who is a good friends and like like a trainer kind of um with tony jaw he catches them yeah and he's like what you vandals what are you doing there and then somebody clubs him with like a piece of wood yeah and uh you know then the next day the village sees that they're they see that bart simpson has stolen jebediah springfield's head sure obviously distraught 
And that's when they're like, Ting, you climbed that tree like no other motherfucker. So we're going to send you. Yeah. And there's a, actually a really nice scene where everybody in the village, like like uh, one old lady is like, here, take this, you know, take some money to get food. And he's like, oh, thanks. And then everybody starts offering up what they have, which is very little. It's yeah. a poor village. Yeah. Taking coins out of there's like, literally, the they, lining of their clothes. Yeah. There's literally some, and... um, uh, I think it's a little girl who like has like a coin rubber banded in her clothes where she like put the, put the coin in the like side of her dress inside of it. And then a rubber band around the outside so that you wouldn't drop the coin. Yeah. But she doesn't actually have pockets. Yeah. Because women's clothes don't have enough pockets. I think we can all agree with that. And that's uh, apparently a universal problem, even in Thailand, even in 2003. Yeah. Even if there are pockets, they're usually way smaller. They're fake. Yeah. Oh, well, they. yeah. But I mean, also, there are, there are ones that are like, have a flap like there's a pocket there and there is no pocket. If a pocket <laughs> cannot hold more than a chapstick... It is a fake pocket. That's yep. not really a pocket. We're supposed to have purses, I guess. That's the thing is they want to sell you purses. Yeah. They don't want to sell me a purse. I tend to buy army surplus bags. Yeah, yeah, Because they tend to have more pockets. Yeah. <laughs> army <laughs> surplus bags have pockets I don't while. even know what to do with. They're yeah. like a specific shape. I'm like, how do you even put something in this? It's shaped like a J. You find stuff. Right. Well, that's the thing is then, yeah. you know, then you watch some old war documentary and they're like, the J gun. And you're like, oh, wow, there was yeah. a gun that fit in that pocket. Wow. And then, of course, I'm like, well, it's around Christmas, and I just got this uh, candy cane full of Hershey's Kisses, and right. this is the perfect pocket for perfect it. Perfect pocket. <laughs> Somehow it fits right in. Yep. <laughs> What's this? In the bottom of my J pocket? Yeah. A coin that says Hellfish Bonanza. <laughs> so we see Tony Ja practicing um, his, his, you know, fighting style yeah. in the village at night. And he says a list of move names. That you wrote down? That I wrote down. Oh, boy. And they are all good. Okay. Did you write? I, this no. feels like a thing you would do, and I was no, like, I don't I know. We watched this not. separately. Yes, we did watch it separately because we have day jobs. Yeah. So, I wrote them down. Here we go. First one is grounded feet, crocodile tail, elephant face, Hanuman's ring. Hanuman, in case anybody doesn't know, is uh, like a god. Mm -hmm. um, is the uh, the paramour to the god Rama. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think is is my understanding. Uh -huh. It's been a long time since I read anything about like the you know that myth mythos that myth cycle. Uh huh. But that's my recollection. Okay. Um, bolting horse, the ogre's sword, the fall of Hera. Couldn't find anything on Hera. I don't know if that's Greek Hera, who was uh wife of Zeus, uh -huh. mother of a lot of gods and demigods and goddesses and demigoddesses. Um, or if there's uh, a Thai Hera, or if there's some kind of crossover there that I'm not aware of. Yeah, I don't know. Couldn't find anything on that today. I was Googling a little bit. Everything I could find was like a, a, a huge PDF that wanted to download to my phone. I'm like, please don't. Just tell me. <laughs> they all seem to be writing about the Naga, which I know are like a Thai and Indian uh, thing. They're like a myth mythological species of like snake people. Yeah. So I don't know if Hera, the, the use of Hera in this is tied to that. Or if they were making some kind of comparison between the snake people and something from Greek myth, like maybe Medusa or something, or the Gorgons. I don't know. If anybody knows, listeners, write Hey Watch Great Watch. That's W-R-I-T-E-H-W-G-W -W at gmail.com. Let me know. Okay. Continuing. Soldiers marching. Then Mad Elephant. A lot of elephant-based ones. Cutting through the enemy. Like that one. One is just called Avoiding Danger. Smart. Like, a lot of these are kind of flowery. 
enigmatic, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, emblematic names. Like, oh, look at that. This one is just called Dropping Your Head. Guess what he does? <laughs> exactly what you thought. All right. Then there's Knight Throwing an Axe. Uh, there's Wave Smashing the Shore. There's one that's just called, weirdly, for a fighting move, Meeting a Friend. <laughs> and it's pretty, like, punch-centered. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like a punch and then an elbow. <laughs> it's like, all right. Thailand is mean to friends. Um, <laughs> night catching monkeys, which sounds more fun than I think uh, getting hit with this move would be. Uh, there's breaking the joints, which sounds horrifying. Throwing the spear, breaking the sword, raising the body. And then my favorite one, because it's the one that doesn't make any sense to me at all. It's called horse replacing bird. Any instance where a horse replaces a bird is going to be wild. Imagine. Imagine just magically. You have a bird. The bird is in a cage. A wizard casts the horse replacing bird spell. Boom. There's now a horse exploding out of your bird cage. Destroying all your furniture in your Victorian throw room. You get a bucket of KFC. Boom. It's now HFC. No. KFH. <laughs> Horse replacing you, you, bird. You do you do understand that like what? Literally that's probably that there's a movement that is emblematic of a horse and it comes after a movement emblematic of a bird. Sure. There's also a chance that the, the you know, translation was just weird. Yeah, it's also true. Where it could be called like horse yeah. leaping into the sky. Yeah. Like sure. a bird does. Oh, maybe, yeah. Like it could be called that. Yeah. But I'm just going by again. It's yeah. just what the movie is. Sure, yeah. And the movie told me that movie was called Horse Replacing Bird. Yeah. Imagine you're a pirate. Put a cracker up to your parrot's lips. All of a sudden that parrot is a horse and you are dead. Because horses generally weigh a lot more than birds. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the science on that, but it's my estimation because of the size. And the, the non-hollow bones. Uh, that reminds me of a joke. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, it's actually, that reminds me of two jokes. What it involves it? zero horses and zero birds. Then how even... All right, please. Hey, Hunter. What's yes, bra- Allison. What's brown sticky? A stick? Yes. Okay. Hey, Hunter. Allison. What is green and fuzzy, and if it falls out of a tree, it'll kill you? What? A pool table. Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> My first thought was Oscar the Grouch, and I was like, he's probably in a trash can. Oh. And if you watch Sesame Street, the trash can is basically like a TARDIS. It's mm. way bigger on the inside, so yeah. I feel like... Who knows how much that weighs? Mm-hmm. Who knows how much a TARDIS weighs? I can't wait for your crossover fan fiction. Oh, yeah. They won't let me write <laughs> Doctor Who. Because he's going to... Yeah, he's going to come out of a to... TARDIS trash can. Uh, I was going to say because he's going to... Uh, uh, what's the... Who? What? Doctor Who. Yeah. Oscar the Grouch. Doctor Who. What is it when he changes form? Uh, Rika Jiggering. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can feel myself rejiggering. There's, there's a special name for it, and I can't. Rejigulation. Oh, oh. <laughs> Regeneration. There you go. My brain kept saying transformation, and then I kept saying no, and then it kept looping back around. He's rejigulation. He's gonna regenerate into Oscar the Grouch, and it's just gonna be. Blimey, we're on a puppet world. We are. Mm-hmm. So, when the town uh, sends him, they give him a an amulet with ninpat herbs in it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Which comes in play later, kind of. And then, um, and because he's an idiot and left his address, they give him Don's address. Yeah. <laughs> which is 
you know, somewhere in Bangkok, but like, obviously Ting doesn't know Bangkok, so he doesn't know where this place is. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's kind of funny. Well, here, take my address. Also, I will commit a crime that you definitely know I did. Oh, yeah. Here's my address. Um, We get a little bit of a low-key Fast and Furious moment. Uh, Humle and uh, Moilek are running a race-based scam. Oh, yeah. A motorcycle racing scam. Yeah. Um, Because they're betting on, you know, bike racing, and um, Humle is... I, you know, George Humley, it's the same guy. We're just, we're all clear. We talked about this earlier. He's trying to reinvent himself as like a cool, sophisticated city guy. Yeah. But yeah so, so the, the names the, are interchangeable, but just so you know, it's the same guy. Anyway. Yeah, so the two of them enter uh, a motorcycle race, but pretend they don't know each other and stuff. Yeah, and, it's that kind of thing. Yeah. And he throws it. So she wins. And, right. Yeah. She gets the money and then yep. they split it. Right. Yep. Um, yep, yep. And that's what pisses off Peng. The street level. Oh you know, no! Crime I thought guy. he got pissed off because Humley was also giving him fake drugs. It's all that he's oh, already okay. he's already pissed at him because he's like, you don't know her, and he's like, nah, I don't know her. It's just a fair race. I don't know what you're, and you know, because he's like, this George motherfucker is clearly obviously. Yeah, they're bad at cheating. He, George is just you know because again you mentioned comedic actor like he's playing it at as being very inept and like obviously like yeah. We'll get to it, but, like, when he's running the the card game scam, as soon as she shows up to be the plant, she just starts winning constantly. Fifteen times in a row, I think. Right. Exactly. It's like, you got it. She got to lose something. Like, did you not watch an Ocean's Eleven? It's 2003, which means you had, like, two years to watch an Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Or 40 years to watch the original Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. And, like, just pick up some tips. (laughs) Yeah, he's, he's desperate, and desperate people are unsubtle. Yeah. Well, and then also there's, again, something to be saved, people that think that they're way smarter than everybody else and they're not. Yeah, I didn't realize he had so many scams, man. Yeah, he's just constantly... So many scams. He's just grinding for money because he owes everybody money. He owes Peng money and he's betting against Peng. He was Peng's guy. Yeah. And he lost the race and, you know, so she got the money and then they split it. He's got the fake drugs on the car hood and, you know, uh, Peng sees that and gets real pissed off and beats him up and then he goes back to like the meeting place which is I guess right outside his apartment um and he's talking to Moilek and you know she's like no give me my share of the money and he's like they don't I don't have the money they took all the money they beat me up look look at my face I didn't do this to myself yeah he says something about like you don't seem to take your share of the beatings even though you take your share of the money yeah yeah so they've been running scams oh yeah and uh, that's when uh, Ting shows up and he's like, hey, you know, I know you. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know who the fuck this guy he's is. He's like, I'm and she's, she's like, is that your name? Yeah. She's like, <laughs> what did he call you? <laughs> and he's like, I don't know. I'm George. Ignore all this. I, he's talking to you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it's really good. Like, it's a funny, you know. Okay. So watching films in other languages mm-hmm. is it's different. Yeah. yeah it, it, you know, you have to, you have to get what they're going for, even though there is a delay between their performance and your brain, you know, reading the subtitles and getting, unless you speak yeah. the language, in which case like more power to you. I sure. don't. Yeah. Um, or else even if it's dubbed, it's usually weird to fill time. Yeah. Dubbed is different. I always yeah. watch with subs, uh, yeah. you know, d- unless I, yeah. you know, unless I cannot get a subtitled version, in which case like I'll just, whatever mm-hmm. it's, it, it is what it is. I will always I, take the subs because I definitely favor subtitle. Well, it used to be that, uh, dubbing was bad for a long time like they didn't get good voice acting yeah it depends on the thing and so but yes. it would usually be very stilted which i wasn't a fan of yeah it's and very it's very formally translated and what yep. i mean now there's whole problems with the subtitles subtitles are bad uh a lot of things are using like text to speech oh yeah or sorry part's... speech speech to text yeah. uh and it's bad because 
it leaves out nuance and, yep. you know, meaning. And if you're translating something, you should know what they are actually trying to say, not just the words that came out of their mouth. Right. You know, it's like, it, to use English, you know, slang that everybody gets, like, cool and hot both mean good things. Yeah. Even though they are actually technically opposites, you know. Sure. You're like, oh, this is cool. Oh, this is hot. Those can both be good. Yeah. And so, like, if somebody was translating it, they might be like, oh, this is the opposite of that thing. It's, it's, it's not. It's the same, you know. Yeah. So if somebody's making a joke, if you're watching a parody movie from the era in which Paris Hilton was very popular and had television shows, you know, and she would always say, that's hot. And somebody made a joke, maybe in a scary movie, about cool and hot and how they mean, they sound like they mean opposites, but they mean the same thing. You'd lose the, you know, finesse of that joke. Yeah. Not saying it's a funny joke, just saying it is a joke. You know what I mean? Like, and there's, there, yeah, there's slang and, and implied meaning and, you know, things that just don't translate. Oh, yeah. There's, uh, like, cultural references or idioms. That, idioms. Yeah. That's the word I was looking mm -hmm. for. Yeah, there are idioms yep. that, like, people just don't get. Like, okay, as an example, Thanksgiving is a very American holiday. It doesn't really exist anywhere else. So if you make any kind of reference to, like, I'm as stuffed as a Thanksgiving turkey, they're going to be like, what? That's not a thing, you know, like, yeah. that's an idiom that doesn't translate anywhere yeah, else. Yeah, you either need to find a compare, like, a, a, an analogous idiom right. that is more culturally accessible. Because right, right. if you just say, like, I'm as stuffed as a turkey, people might be like, oh, okay, you traditionally serve turkey with stuffing, I guess, maybe. But stuffed as a Thanksgiving turkey works on multiple levels because you stuff turkeys and also people overeat at Thanksgiving because it's a food-based holiday. Sure. So, like, that's a thing that works, you know, th yeah. yeah. Um, you can also lose meaning. It was something that I was more frustrated reading books that were translated from Japanese that didn't necessarily preserve honorifics. Sure, yeah. Because that can say a lot about how certain a character characters, interacts with somebody, right, yeah. How they are perceiving somebody else and the state of their relationship. And, yeah. you know, so to completely omit them actually strips away some layers of meaning that right. are inherent to the way they're speaking to each other. Right. And if you're translating a work from you know any other cult like a culture yeah that is different from yours you have to find a way to at the very least explain if not actually convert the meanings yeah and i mean like I, know, i've read a lot of things with footnotes sure yeah. and that's helpful yeah but you know ideally there's a way that you convert those you know syntactical meanings and things into you know your actual translation well i mean hopefully but like that's uh, that's always like the the big goal but sometimes in pursuit of brevity or in pursuit of not taking you out of a work or something yeah because you don't have the same uh experiences or uh you know like cultural understanding so yeah. you're never going to fully understand that the way a native person would. So, I mean, like, I hear very well. That being said, I tend to be very excessively worried about pissing other people off. So I usually put things on a low volume, as low as I can stand it. And so I do like subtitles because it allows me to have the volume lower. I also do like the subtitles for the occasional time where I do the what he say? Because every so often a line is delivered weirdly. Yeah. I don't, or something about the way it's said just isn't computing for my brain. And my point yeah. was sure yeah mm -hmm. subtitles now very bad and i think it's because it's speech to text well, i think they're doing that's like, specifically closed captioning uh, which fair yes it's yes, probably yes. a bit different it is. than subtitling because you're not translating it right so people are lazier right fair. about how they're you know again yeah how it's, they it's go either, about it's either it, speech yes. text or very frequently they'll just plug in the script i don't even think that's true but maybe 
I think in, in some instances, yeah. I'm a fan of yellow in color with like a small black border, like a very thin black border. Um, yellow shows up mostly against everything, but the black border really helps in case it happens to be like a very yellow, uh, you know, thing. I hate the big uh, black bar, the sensor bar with the white text in it. I do not like that. It takes up too much of the screen. It's too distracting. Yeah, you want something that you can ignore. Yeah, I want something like yellow text, like a goldenrod text with a slight black outline is perfect. And I don't know why everyone doesn't adopt this. If you just do white text, it doesn't show up when things are too light. And if you do black text, what are you, an idiot? Because a lot of things take place at night. So then Tony Jaw kicked all the letters off the screen. (laughs) So Ting meets up with George. He shoves him a little. Ting drops his bag. George sees all the money the village had scraped together for him. And he's like, oh, um, uh, you can come inside. Ushers him into the bathroom. He's like, yo, go get a shower. And then while Tony Jaw's about to get a shower, George makes a call to the local fight club, asks whether uh, a certain fight has started yet or whatever, if so-and-so is in attendance or whatever the fuck. And then he pieces out. And Tony Jaw hears him leave and is like, I bet that motherfucker took my money. And he's right. Because yep. George sucks. So follows him to the fight club. By the time Tony Jaw gets in, George has already bet all his money on a fight. Yeah, it's Ali versus I don't know who the other guy is. Pearl Harbor. Oh, that's right. Yep. Yeah, man, all these guys have like crazy names. Yeah, it's a it's a fighter tradition. I know. It's also kind of weird to me that a lot of them seem to be foreigners. Yeah, I, I mean, guess I think it's it to expands add more color to this. Yeah, whole I think it expands experience. the world a little bit. Yeah. You sure. know, th- th- it makes this fight club area thing look like something that yeah. draws people in. It's more international. It kind of looks like Street Fighter. That's fun. Yeah. Ali is a black guy. Yeah. And Pearl I... Harbor is a white guy. That's about all the background we're given on either of them. Yeah, I know Big Bear later. Big Bear is has... British. Oh, is it British? I thought he was Australian. Or Australian, yeah. yeah. He is, whatever he first said, I was like, oh, is he British? And then, yeah, he's yeah. Australian. He looks like... Which would also make more sense for Thailand. Just He you know, yeah. looks like uh-huh. The Undertaker and Weird Al Yankovic had yeah. a child. Yeah. And it is um, distracting. Yeah, uh, he's he's in, like, uh, a jumpsuit. With the has, torn shoulders. It's yeah. the torn shoulders, like old old school Undertaker when he had the purple hat and belt uh-huh. and gloves. Yep. Um, and yeah, he's got like a poodly mop of black hair. It's curly. It is Kenny G or Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, movie. yeah, it That's is. That's why I said Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, yeah. So Pearl Harbor is played by Eric Marcus Schutz, although he's credited as something else, but that's the name. Um, I'm not seeing Ali on here. I'm looking mm. at the credits now. This is where we're actually finally introduced to uh, Don's boss, who has uh, one of those electrolarynx devices. Yeah. Do you want to say his proper name one last time and we can stop doing that? Kumutan. Okay. We're done now. We don't need to always... It's boss. Yeah. Don's boss. Boss. Yeah, the boss. big boss. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He's He's got uh, no larynx yep. and uh, is in a wheelchair. And, oh my gosh, they have him laughing in this and it is like weird... Because yeah. it's just a buzz. <laughs> yeah. He does not want the young Bakhead. Uh, he and some other crime lord are betting on the fights, obviously. Why else would they be there? Yeah, they're in the VIP section. Yeah, and they're... which is like in an overlooking room mm-hmm. on like a second floor. Yep, and they're spending exorbitant amounts of money yeah, on yeah, these yeah. fights. Yeah, you know, there's like a lady who's given the odds, and every time she changes the odds and something, he's like, you know, one guy's like, do you want to up the bet? And he's like, sure, why not? Ten, ten million or whatever, you know. Gets pretty pretty big. Yep. Um, but Pearl Harbor wins, which is the boss's guy. And then 
Ting comes in. He just wants his money back from George. George is like, I bet it. So, you know, that guy's got it yeah. being and like the ring gone. announcer guy. He's kind of the ref, but like whatever. It's I, they, Oh, I thought it was that they specifically had like a little dude in a bedding cage. Well, they do, but that's what Yeah. but but George is like that guy's got it. Oh, okay. The referee guy. So he goes up to him and he's like, "I want my money back." Oh, and... I thought he was pointing to the guy in the cage, but so the quickest way for him to get there was to go directly oh, past the I just saw, I saw him go up to the referee guy and be like, "I want my money back." And he's like, "Well, you're going to have to fight him." Oh, okay. You're going to yeah. have to fight for it. And sure. so then he goes, you know, fight. Ting knees the guy, knees Pearl Harbor in the face and takes him out immediately. Yeah, it's like a one kick KO. Yeah, it's great. Um, and also every, everybody's, everybody's just kind of like, whoa. No, no, then, everybody's booing. It's great. Well, they they go from stunned to annoyed very fast, but yeah. And the, uh, the announcer, the you know ref kind of guy is like, he does a full on, you know, Bruce Campbell and Spider-Man where he's like, What's your name, kid? And he's like, Ting from whatever the province, you know? Nang Pradu. Nang Pradu. And he's like, you know. So he goes like, Ting, the Pradu legend. And everybody's like, boo. Yeah. <laughs> Which is always fun. It's always, it's always, it's that Roman Reigns thing of like, well, he earned this. And everybody's still like, boo. It's like, yeah. okay, fuck you, I guess. Yep. Um, just because you don't like it. He's not over yet, Hunter. He no, hasn't he's not. earned his spot. No, they should have gotten Paul Heyman to come out. <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman, and I'm here to talk to you tonight about Ting, the Pradu legend. Uh-huh. It would have been great. Yeah. Paul Heyman should be in more movies, just playing himself. He should exist across, like, multiple formats and franchises. Oh, like Paul Ma- Yeah, like Paul Mammon. What's his face? Wait, Richard Belzer, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you just have to know okay. Munch. All right, Because yeah. it's not Richard Belzer, it's yeah. Munch. Yeah, okay. Yeah, this is the, uh, what is it, St. Elsewhere... Everything on the entire, you know, show of St. Elsewhere was a kid in a coma's dream or whatever. Yeah. So therefore, every character that appeared in St. Elsewhere, if they crossed over with other characters, which they did, m- makes all of that a connected universe that's all in like a child's coma dream. Mm-hmm. Whatever that whole theory of television is. And since eventually that makes its way to Munch, uh, wh- what show was uh, Munch? Was that... It was Law and Order. Oh, Law and Order. Okay. And also the X Files, right? And that's also the thing. a bunch. It's it's Law and Order originally, and then like yeah, he's crossed over into a million other things. Yeah. Um, and since like yeah, the X Files, then the X Files, like Mulder and Scully showed up as themselves on The Simpsons, then The Simpsons, and The Simpsons has been around for thirty five fucking years or whatever. So they've also touched a bunch of television characters playing versions of themselves. You know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So therefore, it's all a connected universe. It's all a coma child's dream. So it's kind of like that, except the Paul Heyman verse. Or like when we did uh, Batman and we unpacked that it's not the Tim Burton Batman universe or the whatever. It's the uh, Alfred Go or uh, Michael Go as Alfred Batman mm. universe because he is the thing that stays the same. Sure. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah. Except with Paul Heyman. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that was a long walk for that. So knocks out Pearl Harbor. The ref's like, here's all this money. And he's like, I don't want that. I just want my money back, which is way less. Everybody's like, I guess that's fine. So, you know, he gets it from the little guy in the booth and he goes to leave. And George is pretty pissed about him not taking the money. They go back to George's apartment, I believe, right? Yep. George finally reads the letter letter, that uh, his father gave to Ting to give to him. Right. And that's where we unpack all that stuff we talked about, about him being a monk and the drought and all that. So 
And we, we get the George and Moilek card scan, which we talked about, where he's not subtle at all. And once Moilek shows up, he's just fucking feeding her the cards she needs. She's also, like, yeah. got cards up her sleeve or whatever. Which is a fun thing that once the the one main dude who's really pissed off uh, is like, she's cheating. George is like, ah, 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 I'll frisk her. And he goes over, he's like, you have cards? And, like, she drops them and he puts his foot on top of them so nobody sees them. And he's like, take your money and get out of here. And he gives her all the money. And I was like, yeah, yeah, we don't need you around here. But she still makes it away, you know, makes away with all the money. Yeah, Wikipedia says it's Baccarat. I don't know for sure. They're definitely, because she keeps winning with nine. But I don't know what it is. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm just seeing here it says it doesn't matter. Sure. I mean, here's where we get into the uh, marketplace chase scene and stuff because Ping shows up with all of his drug thugs and stuff and they're like, you know, we we, we want our money. Yeah, they catch George giving um, Moilek the the money from the card scam yeah. out in the alley and they're like, oh, you two know each other. Cool, great. Yeah. Fuck you. We're going to beat you up now, George. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And also um, her. Yeah. And that's, Ting walks out, sees uh, George getting beat up, and is kind of like, eh, he brought this on himself, which is fair, and starts to walk away. But then when uh, Peng slapped Moilek, he's like, all right, well, you can't hit a lady. Yeah. And then he goes back. Yeah, a lot of times where he gets involved in stuff, it's usually either from oh, yeah. people saying, I'm going to help you, or from him watching uh, women be disrespected. <laughs> Usually. Ty Daylight Batman has a strong moral code. Yeah. And also just wants to accomplish his goal. Yep. So if somebody's like, I can help you accomplish that goal. Or also, hey, they hit that lady. Yeah. And he's like, I guess I have to use Muay Thai now. I yeah. have to use all my elbows and knees. Yeah. For justice. He does, though. <laughs> um, so he kind of roughs up Peng and uh, Peng and his like four or five guys retreat. Yeah. And then quickly comes back with, with like a bunch more 25 guys. guys. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so they all start running down uh, an alley into a marketplace that's in pretty narrow streets. Yeah, this is the um, the light parkour scene that I mentioned before. Ting, it's just Ting jumping over everything. Yeah, I mean, it's jumping like, over people, jumping right. over stuff. He, the first thing he jumps over is a bunch of kids sitting at a small table blowing bubbles. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny to me. It's like a couple tables, okay, a couple carts, you know, whatever. Somebody is selling pointy weapons on sticks. I thought it was like gardening tools. Maybe. Like, like hoes and, and stuff. They all, I looked at it this time, it kind of looks like that one armory room at the Philadelphia Museum. Yeah, Bart. some of them do look a little pike <laughs> Yeah, it's like a halberd. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he does like a split jump yeah. over all these pointy objects with it very near his crotch. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, that's the whole thing. Yeah. Um, And then George is like, how does he do that? And then he, he does a jump over it and he makes it, but he does catch his pants. Yeah. And splits them from... Yeah, uh, he splits, splits his, uh, the butt of his pants open. <laughs> the seat of his pants. Yeah, the open. seat of his pants. Yeah. yeah. And he's just like, this is not my day. And yeah. I was like, all right. Yeah, um, actually, like, it is a stuntman instead of, yeah. um, you know. but Instead of George. Yeah, but, yeah, his character kind of holds his own in a surprising way for not being, like, this trained and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he does, he tries to do exactly what he sees Ting doing and then fails comically, but doesn't like die or yeah. get caught by the mob chasing yeah. him. Um, to use the parlance of uh, D&D, it's never a critical failure. Yeah, yeah, it's just embarrassing, <laughs> yeah. mostly. Splits yeah. his pants. Um, there's a thing later where I guess, you know, s some folks have like a little uh, station set up where they're making like dumplings or something. So there's like people rolling dough out and I guess filling it. And then somebody at the end has like a wok with oil. Yeah. And Ting does like a front flip over the wok and then runs across the table. 
And when George tries to do it, he just fucking like flops on his ass and just gets covered in flour. And yep. it's very funny. You yep. know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Ting at one point dives through a barbed wire ring. Yes. Speaking of fucking WWE. Yeah. Um, yeah, these guys are, like, loading a big looped ring of barbed wire, like it's, you know, like a wreath, kind of, of barbed wire, onto a truck, and it's on a stick between their shoulders, you know. Mm-hmm. And he just dives through it. But when I say he dives through it, he goes through feet and hands first. Yeah. Like, folded in the middle, like, in a way that a person should not fold. It's wild. Um, You know that uh, Japanese game show that I think they remade for uh, Western audiences? B- barbed wire folding, yes. I'm a big fan. Where it's like human Tetris. You're trying to go through holes in a wall. Yeah, yeah. I do actually know what you're talking about. I forget what it's called. Yeah. 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 Hole in a wall. Yeah, it gave me that kind of energy. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Yep. And it's barbed wire. Yeah. Um, So Mick Foley would be proud. Yeah, I feel like uh, the only way that could have been more intense is if it was on fire also. That comes later. (laughs) You get to the fire later. Oh, there's also two panes of glass. Yeah. And he does like a uh, like a windmill like front flip kick through them. Yeah, which is incredible. Yeah, because you're just like that seems showy. And then when you watch the other guys just like slow down to go through it sideways, you're like, oh no, he actually didn't lose any momentum doing it. Mm-hmm. And so it's actually really smart. Yeah, and it's hilarious. Yeah, it's great. Um, um, and then my favorite thing is he dives over like some dude you know who's like cutting meat. Yeah. Ting and just keeps running and then George runs up to him and goes give me that knife and takes it turns around to the mob and he's like you know everybody back the fuck up or I'll cut you and they're kind of like I don't know if you can so then George puts down the small cleaver and picks up a giant cleaver and then they're like okay this is kind of serious and then the funniest thing ever happens which is an old lady selling knives walks by just saying knives for sale knives for sale (laughs) (laughs) and then just hard cuts to George running up the alley and every one of them has a knife now. <laughs> it's so goddamn funny. It's one of those things too where like she says it several times yeah. because everybody's just stopped dead watching her go by. Yeah, they're all going, nah, right? <laughs> it's so fucking funny. Yeah. Like, that's the thing is like, you know, this isn't inherently funny and then that happens and it's really goddamn funny. Yes. The humor in this movie is pretty much, like, surgical. Yeah. When they use it, it always hits for me. Yeah. Um, and it's, again, not often. Like, the, the, the pants splitting is, like, you're kind of like, all right, whatever. It's fine. It doesn't yeah. do it doesn't do anything negative. But then that really lands. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it really God, does. Good. So then Ting is on, like, he is on a table. Yeah. And um, two guys kind of catch him, and they're, they're, like, kicking at his legs, and he's doing basically breakdancing. <laughs> Yeah. He, like, does, like, a, a fucking spin, you know, spin kick on his shoulders and kicks these guys and whatever. And then he does, like, a flip off the table. And when he does, did you catch this? In the background on yeah. the... Did yeah. Did you see it in the movie? Yes. Or did you just read about it? No, I, I saw it in the movie. Because I saw it and I was like, wait, what? I don't remember this from when we watched it. I, so I yeah. looked it up and, yeah, it says, Spielberg, let do it together, which is a typo. Um, it's not really written there. They added it in post. Oh, did they? I thought that it was just that somebody had nope. like carved it into the no, like, corrugated I took it back. metal. Oh, weird. I took weird. it back to take a photo, and I noticed that it doesn't sync up with the motion of the thing oh, totally. That's funny. No, the, yeah, I did. Yeah, I they didn't added it in it. post. It says, Spielberg, let's do it together, which was apparently uh, you know, the director calling out like hey why don't hey spielberg maybe we should work together let's do a thing because like look i can add cool action f- comedy to your movies yeah well because like munich 
Prakia Pinkow and uh, Tony Ja were really trying to like break <laughs> into. Yeah. And I mean, like he had done uh, Tony Ja had done other films before this, but this was definitely like his breakout role. Yeah, this is a starring it was role. One of his most, um, you know, successful internationally. Did you read the thing about the um, they shot like a sizzle reel to try and sell the movie? They basically like shot a trailer of like. Uh-huh. Here's some plot, but look at Tony Jaw. Do all this Tony Jaw shit. And um, the first time they did it, the film they used was expired, so it was completely useless, and they had to do it again. Yeah. Did you read that? I did read about that, That's heartbreaking, and I'm super glad that they did it. Yeah. Like, they overcame it, reshot it, got the money they needed, made this movie. Super glad. Yeah. But yeah, and there's another call-out. They actually call call out to Luke Basson who did end up as we said releasing the film internationally yeah so like those are their two called shots but like I was watching it I saw that and I was like what now and then yeah. I was like well this would probably be in the IMDB trivia so I looked it up and it was and then it also mentioned the Luke Basson thing so when we got to that scene I was actively looking for that I did not see that one. Oh yeah I saw that one um that's I only the... saw the Spielberg one no that's the tuck tuck chase yeah uh, it ends with Ting hopping out he's he's gone under a low bridge type thing and it took it sheared the top yep. off the tuk tuk mm-hmm. so his doesn't have a top so he hops out of it and then braces it and the guy that's chasing him hits the back of his which like launches that tuk tuk into the air off the edge of like a, a ravine kind of thing into mm-hmm. a building mm-hmm. and um the shot of that tuk tuk hitting the far side there's a pole a pillar near the camera that says like Luc Besson, some I forget what it says. I only remember the Let's Do It Together for Spielberg. But Luc Besson one is phrased differently, but it's the same thing. It's like, hey, Luc Besson, we are yeah. waiting for you or something. Yeah, Luc Besson, how about it, dog? Yeah. And you <laughs> want to release this internationally with a hip-hop score? My dude? <laughs> but yeah, uh, so, and then we get uh, George throws a bunch of spices in the guy's face, which yeah. is really funny. Yeah, that's always good. Yeah, because it's right there. Yeah. Like Also, fuck Donnie. Yeah, fuck Donnie. Yeah. But yeah, he throws a bunch of spices in their face. They don't like that. They get to the end of this, like, it's like a dead-end alley, and Ting fucking, you know, climbs up it like Spider-Man or Jackie Chan, um, because they can both do this. Yeah, it's like a, uh... It's a dead-end of the alley. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, it's it's not like a huge wall, but it's like a little bit of a... There's a little ledge higher than, like, is comfortable to just jump up and grab onto. Yeah, George can't do it. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. And so, Ting's like, you're on your own, and then he says, like, well, I'll take you to Don... I, I know where Don is. I'll take you to him. So then Ting helps him up. Well, they go back to the fight club because he's like, well, that's where Don will be. And this is where Big Bear, who's the Weird Al Undertaker guy. Yeah. This is where, you know, he's there. He just finishes wrecking some dude. And then the um, referee from, you know, previous night is the referee there. He's like, oh, it's our reigning champion, Ting, you know, the legend. So Big Bear's like, I want to fight him. And so he's calling him out and Ting's not there to fight. Yeah. And doesn't want to use Muay Thai frivolously. So he's ignoring him. And uh, Big Bear starts, you know, being like, well, Thai people are too weak to beat me. I'm Australian and huge. Yeah. I look like Weird Al. Yeah, he starts assaulting a waitress. Grabs a waitress, starts, like, humping her. And Ting is like, this is just, you know, play acting bullshit. Fuck him. I'm not going to, you know, get baited. And then um, another, another guy. Thai guy is like, Hey, this is too far. Goes in the ring. And then Big Bear starts beating that guy to death. And it takes Ting a long time to be like, okay, well, now you're actually getting, like, physically harmful. Well, like, Moilex, you know, there and is like, hey, Ting. And George. They're both yeah. like, you're yeah. a coward. Yeah. If you let that guy, like, if you don't do anything, that guy's going to die. Like, yeah. get in there. And, like, it's serving George's end, obviously. Yeah. But at the same time, they're both right. 
like him not doing this even though he's the only literally the only one who will be able to stop it yeah is like bad yeah yeah so but he does he goes in and it's a good fight the first thing he does is a guy in the crowd calls out the moves in this, which is really funny. They yeah. continue naming the moves, which is rad. But a guy, he, the first thing he does is it's a kick, kind of, but it's like you kick them, and then the second half of the kick is you push their face at the ground with your foot, and that move is called Foot Strokes Face, <laughs> which is a perfect name for it because of exactly what it is. <laughs> and then uh, the other one he calls out is Hanuman Visits Lanka. Which I don't know if that's Sri Lanka or Probably. another thing. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe not. I I, I'm not familiar enough with the Hanuman story to know if he went to Sri Lanka, if that was a thing. or Yeah, I don't know. But that's the other one he calls out. And I was like, I wrote those down. Those are cool. Yeah. Foot strokes face. Um, it's a big bruiser, big yeah. bear, fighting Tony Ja, And Tony Ja wins. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know. I mean, yeah. he does. Th this is one of the times where he does a, an, a flying elbow where he is almost entirely horizontal across this ring. And it's wild. It looks like special effects. All the, everything I read, you know, made a point to mention that at no point. Oh, yeah, there's no wires. No, no wires, no special effects. Yeah. Oh, in the fucking alley chase, Tony Jaw jumps up and runs across like seven dudes' shoulders. Yes, yeah. Which looks impossible. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, and it's real. And, yeah. like, that's incredible. Yeah. Like, and again, I watch a lot of Jackie Chan stuff. I've seen him do the impossible. That blew my mind. Like, leaping up and then running across, like, dudes' shoulders People. who yeah. are lined up. Yeah. Like, the only other person that's ever done that is Iggy Pop. <laughs> There's a famous photo uh -huh. of Iggy Pop. He was at somewhere performing and the stage was like high, you know, higher than your standard stage. Mm -hmm. So he was able to walk off the stage and people were just holding on to his ankles like above their heads. And he yeah. walked like, I don't know, 25 feet out, which is like the coolest thing since Jesus did it on water. And maybe honestly cooler. I'm not a religious man, but Iggy Pop is real. Uh, I and I have photo proof that that happened. So maybe if you're going to worship, worship anything, you might want to worship Iggy Pop. I take it this was uh, pre him wearing his punk Crocs. Hey, man, nobody should have to be in pain. I yeah, sure. I'm not going to give Iggy Pop any shit for wearing Crocs. Dude's got two different length legs. That shit's got to be really uncomfortable. Yeah. That's why he stands all weird for his whole career. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is a long time but yeah, ago. I, I, I feel like that's uh, a recipe to lose him. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of dudes that look like Bruce Lee. Yeah. I've seen Iggy Pop in person, and he was like, I don't know, 60 when I saw him, and he still had basically Bruce Lee's body. It was just wrapped in naugahyde. Yeah, he's just got also very intense musculature. Yeah, he's yeah. just leathery from all the, yeah. you know, everything, from all the life that he's absorbed. Yeah. Um, my description of Iggy Pop is that he has, uh, you know, Bruce Lee's body. It's very leathery. Like, he's, yeah, he's an older man. He's 60 years old. His skin is, you know, not smooth and bronze and whatever. But he does have the hands of a thousand-year-old witch. <laughs> he really does. Like, I've seen his hands, and it's all just, it's gnarled and, like, it's wild. Yeah. Um, he touched me. We got very up. I was there with some friends. We ran some other friends. And, uh, you know, my one friend was like, I want to get up on stage. They were doing... Um, this big like jam at the end of no fun uh -huh. where, you know, Nagy's just, you know, they're just jamming on Nagy's like, everybody up on stage, you know? And I'm not doing that. I'm a big man. Um, <laughs> not climbing. I'm not making people lift me. That's you didn't sign up for that. But my, my friend Joe was there and he's like, I want to get up on stage. I was like, yeah, yeah. So I boosted him and, um, Iggy Pop was up at the front of the stage and like everybody's, and he's just touching people's hands. And I reached my hand up and he touched my hand and I was like, hell yeah. So now that same hand has touched, uh, I mean, a, a bunch of people, um, consensually, but 
notably Iggy Pop and John Doe from X. Um, so like one more really cool old punk guy. And I think I can wave my hand like Obi-Wan Kenobi and get in anywhere. Mm-hmm. I can be like, I have punk credibility. <laughs> he has punk credibility. Let him in. So after Big Bear, he fights a guy who I only refer to as Legs Guy. Um, Cause he does a lot of kicky legs. He's doing the um, Muhammad Ali like fast footwork. Yeah. You know, like switching your dominant foot thing, you know? He's got really weird hair, which I think is to hide protective gear. Yeah, I read a thing late on the in the I trivia. Also did, yeah. yeah, that said like everybody has weird hair because they're hiding um Helmets. Yeah, pads. Yeah. Uh which is um, smart. But yeah, he's got like a really uh weird fro. He kinda reminds me in in terms of like the the, the stubbly beard and stuff yep. of uh Mac from Always Sunny. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's got like a five o'clock shadowy thing, and yeah, um, and he's got this like kind of like spiked up, teased up hair. Um, yeah, I yeah. don't have a good. It's a pop. It looks like a pop punk hairstyle, honestly. Yeah, it looks like he plays bass for I don't know MXPX something mm-hmm. like that. Um, you're just like yeah, yeah, that guy's a bass player. Sure. Um, but yeah, he's doing like the fancy footwork, and he's a kicky guy. He's mostly kicks. It's a, you know, it's a decent thing. And it, again, it shows the the difference in the styles and how they adapt to one another. Yeah. Because pretty quick into the fight, Tony Ja is doing, like, blocks with just his legs. And he's doing that, like, behind the one leg, like, block of a kick. Like, it's just, you know, it's hard to describe because this is an audio medium. But, like, Kicky Guy is going for, like, a, a sweep kick to yeah. the back of Tony Ja's, like, dominant leg. Mm-hmm. Which is the one he has his weight on, which is the one, you know, if you take it out, he'll fall. But Tony Ja swings his non-dominant leg back and blocks it yeah. behind his dominant leg. And it's just like, and he does this all really fast. Bam, 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 bam. You know, like, it's impressive. And he does it a couple times, because in case you miss it. Um, There is some use of, like, sound effects to intensify the, like, elbow to skull. <laughs> oh, yeah. Things. Yeah, they had some, like... <laughs> yeah, because for, like, a couple of these hits in this sequence, they sound really brutal. I definitely have that in my notes. Oh, yeah. Just, like... Yeah, they're, not, they're not messing around. Yeah, just like a crunch sound. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then a guy gets up out of the crowd and comes in and the, the ref is like, oh shit, it's Mad Dog. Yeah. And Mad Dog is basically, to continue the wrestling talk, he's basically Dean Ambrose. Like he, he's just a street fighter. He turns this into such a hardcore match. Yeah. Where the bar is incredibly destroyed. Yeah, because he comes up and he, you know, Tony Jaw gets into his fight stance, which is cool and weird. If you picture somebody like bent knees, arms up, ready to like punch, but his his leading fist is like fist out, like knuckles yeah. out. Yeah, turned out. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that's an interesting stance that I don't really ever see in things. Yeah, it's like if you're gonna walk like an Egyptian, but they're fists. Yeah, kind of <laughs> punch like an Egyptian. Yeah, sure. Punch like an Egyptian. Kick some asp. Kick some asp? Yeah. That's good. Cleopatra would love that joke. Thanks. Um, <laughs> but Mad Dog comes up and he does the like, no, let's, you know, again, wrestling. It's the like, let's tap hands before we start the fight to show that we respect each other. And Tony Jaw like loosens up. He's like, all right, yeah, yeah. And he takes his hand. And then Mad Dog swings his other hand overhead and hits Tony Jaw with a bottle. Because he's a fucking street fighting, uh, you know, motherfucker, there's no rules, hardcore match, dude. Right. Um, and then it's literally just like he throws Tony Jaw into the bar area 
and just starts hitting him with chairs and tables and whatever. Yeah, chairs, He's, He breaks, like, tables. two chairs, then a small oh. bench. Then he picks up a full-size table, and he's, like, pressing Tony Jaw back against another table and, like, just kicking the table. And then the last thing he does is leap into the air and kick it with both feet, which shatters the whole thing. Yep. And I was like, fuck, that looks awesome. <laughs> yeah. They're, he's throwing plates and stuff. Oh, yeah, they're breaking all the fine china. Yeah. Um, one point... Uh, he picks up a chair and he's holding it like a lion tamer, like yeah. with the legs out. And Tony Jaw fucking flying knees between the legs. Yeah, well, because we already know he can do that right. kind of stuff. We from... know he's got a very slim yeah. profile. Yeah, from the uh, market scene where he right. goes between the plexiglass. So it's like it's glass. Yeah, but I mean, like, so we've we've sort of already seen him do a move in that vein where he's got good spatial reasoning and can, you know, get like. Knife get in, in there. between things. Yeah. Get in there. Do some damage. Yeah. Like, it's... There's a lot of good physical narration and, and story structure in the way that we're presented with what he can do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're really... never surprised to find out he can do a thing when he needs to. Right. Like, you're usually prepped with this in a spot with lower stakes, and then it comes back later. Yeah, even the stuff, like I said, like the impressive, like length of his jumps and the you know the yeah. flying knees and shit yeah. like when it really matters you've already seen him do it a few times so right. you're like oh so cool you're, yeah you're not sitting there going like bullshit because like you've seen it already right it's not you know the, he can do this it's not the Muay Thai yeah. version of bat shark repellent where you're like you just had this the whole time right 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 um yeah so. which again like I think is very smart and is not something that every uh choreographer thinks about no no but it is good storytelling it's just in a completely like non-verbal way yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's like yeah, you know you're foreshadowing and you're paying off yeah but through kicks yeah flying I knees i know yeah um specific move sets and stuff yeah so at one point mad dog uh rips like a sign off the wall and then uses the electric cord to try and zap uh yeah Tony he's ja. coming at him with a live wire it's insane it's great but i mean like it's funny because like you know it's sparking and shit but that's i think all like post-production special effects so oh it's, yeah it's just this man going like yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then he pulls it too far out, yeah, of, the wall, it where comes it, out of the wall it, and... where it disrupts the like transformer outside. So then the entire bar is flickering. Yeah, yeah. And there's sparks coming from the ceiling. I was going to say, then rain sparks, <laughs> yeah. which is cool. And some of them are oh, fake and man. it looks awesome. And at this point, also, a lot of the people that are just in the audience and I guess trying to avoid these two guys because they are no longer in the center of the room. Had, yeah, if you've ever, for a while. If you've ever um, been in the audience uh, for a wrestling match and then they, they take it into the crowd, while that is super fun and exhilarating, you're also like, oh, please don't come over here. Yeah. A lot of the, you know, people in the background are like, you know, screaming and kind of freaking out. Mad Dog takes the fight upstairs. Yeah. Where he immediately grabs a refrigerator. Yes. <laughs> Which I was like, fucking wild. Okay. And Tony Jaw takes it in stride. He just power kicks that refrigerator like four times until he has driven Mad Dog backwards through a wall. Yep. It's awesome. Into the VIP lounge, right? Into the, yeah, well, into the hallway outside and then okay. they run into, yeah. Um, they run into the VIP lounge. At which case, uh, at, at which point the boss just goes, you disappoint me, you disappoint me, and hands him a fucking knife. Yeah. Uh, which Tony Jaw, of course, makes short work of. Yeah, that doesn't go well. <laughs> no, and it ends up with Tony Jaw fucking flying kneeing him out a second floor window, and then they fall down to the first floor. Yeah, I mean, he already came at Tony Jaw with a broken bottle, so like. He didn't yeah. come at him with a broken bottle, he broke a well, bottle on him. He broke a head. bottle on him and then was going to come at him with the broken pieces, yeah. and that didn't work. So no. how's an actual knife going to do better? Yeah. 
Uh, maybe he's tired now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he's not. Uh, no. So, yeah, they fall down from the second floor. Now the uh, arena is full of broken glass. And, I mean, Big Bear's out. He's done. Yeah. But um, then, like, the audience are like, it's basically, I guess, from uh, my touchstone for this, because uh, a guy comes up and he holds up a coin and then he flips it to them. And then everybody's like, yeah. Yeah, and kind of ends on a thumbs up. Where right. It's like, and you're yeah. like, oh, cool. So the entire audience start flipping extra coins. And so on top of the money that they paid, you know, to bet or whatever, that like on top of the purse to yeah. use the, the fight you sure. know, terminology. Yep. On top of the purse they're getting, the audience is basically doing a, this is awesome. Yeah. By throwing extra money into the ring. Now, imagine going to a wrestling match and you're just like, that was the best match I've ever seen and just throwing more money. Yeah. <laughs> I would. Yeah. If that was, like, socially acceptable, if people didn't think yeah. I was insane, I would definitely throw money. Yeah, tips. Yeah. yeah. I've seen a couple really great wrestling matches where I would have thrown money. Yeah. Now, the part that sucks is that the floor is now filled with broken glass and coins. <laughs> yeah, but George don't care. He's going to pick it up anyway. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, George... And Moilek. Moilek are like, He's like, pick up all the coins. Yeah. So they're, yeah, trying to rake it all in. Yeah. Um, and then the bar gets raided. Yeah, the cops show up. <laughs> um, and then they, they take off. Um, so then we hard cut to, like, Don and this girl. Yeah. Don's at his place. Yeah. With a girl who, I guess, is maybe running drugs no, yeah, she yeah, is. Yeah, she's running takes... drugs for him. So it, it, first you think she might be like a prostitute or something because he's like undressing her. And then when he takes her shirt off, you see that she has like drug baggies poking out of her bra. And then you're like, oh, okay. It's just a, she's like muling drugs or something. Yeah. But then he takes all the drugs out and then he starts like, you know, they're like fooling around and whatever. And you're like, oh, okay. So he is going to sleep with her. That's gross. I hate Don so much. Mm. Yeah. Um, and you're just like, ugh. Uh, and so she says, like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, I don't not... want to do this anymore. I want to yeah. get clean. And so then his response is to shove an incredible amount yeah. of drugs into her face. Yes, he actively ODs her. Yeah. Um, at which point, uh, George and, and Ting, and her, they, they arrive. Um, and Don takes off. George tells somebody at the front desk, like, you know, call... Call some, call the police, yeah, call a hospital, call, call uh, an ambulance. Yeah, there's, somebody in room yeah. whatever is dying. Yeah, uh, which is super fucked. Yeah, in case you didn't know, Don was a bad dude. <laughs> right, in case you were like, well, Don, he's just kind of like shitty. He doesn't really deserve all the. And now you're like, oh yeah, fuck Don. Yeah, no. Um, and this is the tuck tuck chase to to counterbalance how weirdly dark that is. It also comes out of nowhere. Like that girl is not any. But he, like, no. you know, she's not present before this, as far as I remember. Like, it's just to, yeah, raise the stakes on how bad we think Don is. And yeah. how deserving of all this Don is. Yeah. But then you counterbalance it with a very, like, fun action sequence. Sure. Which is the tuk-tuk chase. Tuk-tuks, as I mentioned, are three-wheeled, like, um, carts. Yeah. They look like golf carts, but they only have three wheels. One in the front and two in the back. Yeah. It's like a taxi service. Yeah. So people can, you know, get around. Yeah, so Don and a couple of his guys are in them. Yeah, and yeah, George and and Ting get theirs and whatever. And, like, it's got what you would expect from a vehicle chase. It's just kind of fun that it's the tuk-tuks. Like, that's the selling point is, like, you know, yeah, if it was a car chase, there'd be guys hanging out of doors 
there's that, but it's on a golf golf cart. You know, like yeah. And like they're pretty fast. Like they're not slow. No. Yeah. Um. Um. They don't take turns well. Cause... No. There's like the you know somebody like uh, the Don like turns around like a divider in the center of like a four lane street. And then, like, a couple of the guys following, uh, you know, overbalance and collide with shit. It's, you know, again, kind of what you would expect from a car chase, really. Yeah. Um, um, I feel like this is one of the sequences where George looks the most capable. Yeah, he can good. actually drive very well. Yeah, he's good at this. Yeah. He and, and Ting are both, like, really good. You know, Don is good. Yeah. Well, I mean, Ting does okay, but you can... I th- I think with the, um, the way that his cars move and stuff like that he's not as experienced with them which no I mean, no he, wouldn't he does well though but yeah um at one point ting and george are in one cart and tuck, tuck. An, yeah tuck tuck and then one comes behind it and kind of rear ends it where uh the back of it's on the hood of the one behind it yeah it like bounces the rear of their uh tuck tuck up onto the hood of yeah of his um so ting kind of crawls out and goes up and around into the back of the the Tuck tuck that yeah, has them. And, and kicks the other driver yeah, out. Kicks him out. And so then uh George like pirouettes. Well he has off to tell of... him to break. Yeah, he tells He's him like, to break, break, break. And he figures out how to break. Yeah. And then yeah, George is like doing a fucking like sick grind on the front wheel, bro. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's only on the front wheel and it, it pops up and turns and lands facing the other direction, does yeah. like a one eighty. On the front wheel. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah. Um, and he's just like, oh shit, you know, like he's yeah. got, and it's, and that's what's funny, like, oh yeah, it's not he's like, check out this sick move, bro. He's just like, oh shit, I might die. <laughs> so then, borrowing a page from the Book of Speed, mm-hmm. they, you know, zoom through a construction barricade, and it turns out the highway's not finished being built. Oh, of course not. Um, so there's like, you know, stop on a dime, like right at the edge of the thing, and a couple guys don't manage to do that, and they drive off. You know, everybody's diving out, nobody's dying. They're trying to keep the body count in this movie low, keep things light. Yeah. But, like, there's guys diving out and rolling while their tuk-tuks go off the edge. Um, And it's funny. It's a good time. And then a guy tries to ram George off the edge by, like, backing, you know, like, hitting the back of his tuk-tuk a few times. Um, So George, like, you know, climbs over the seat, jumps out, and then he just comes around to the side. Because they're open on the sides, like a golf cart, like we mentioned. So he just, like, boots that guy (laughs) and kicks him right out. And you're like, yeah, fuck that dude. Yeah. They go through a construction site, which is where, as I mentioned before, Ting gets the top of his lopped off by going under, like, a crane lifting shit, like some pipes. Yeah. So that shears the top of his off. Um, and some people try to follow. And one guy, his tuk-tuk gets, ex- like, launched into the air. A bunch of them all collide. They explode. Yeah, that doesn't seem as likely, but sure. It is not. <laughs> um, you can't see the wires. I know. And it, but it's charming. Well, and yeah, that's... and there's just like this, uh, you know, fucking dummy like sitting there, like perfectly, you know, in I'm driving position while the thing is like exp- in an explosion on fire. Even when they're riding onto the highway the first time, you have a low angle shot with them like, oh, doing from, like a jump. Yeah, almost from an incline landing on the highway, and it's like, where the fuck is there a jump there? There's not a jump, and no. it's because it's supposed to look more intense. Yeah. But yeah, I'm like, this it is... does. Yeah, I'm like. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Sure, sure. Mission accomplished, Tuck Tucks. Yeah. Sure. You guys nailed it. <laughs> I loved every second of that yeah. entire action sequence. It's, oh, yeah. It's very silly at times. Well, because it's taking very uh, established, like, car chase tropes and applying them to uh, a more specific vehicle. Right. 
Yeah. Um, and, and but yeah, no, it makes it very fun and engaging. Yeah. Right. If mm-hmm. they if this was like a naked gun movie and they were actually golf carts, this would be obvious parody. Yeah. But the fact that the tuk tuk kind of go fast because yeah. they're like cross city transport. Yeah. Th- it kind of makes it still seem dangerous. Yeah. So sure. like it really finally walks the line between like straight up action thing and we're kind of making fun of it. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I'm just saying I think that's yeah. great. Like I loved every second of that. Yeah. And then it ends with Ting like rear-ending Don, Don and they yeah. both go into the Water. the bay. Yep. And then while they're swimming back, Ting sees all the Buddhas and Buddha parts that we talked about earlier in nets being stored underwater where no one would see them. Yeah, it's it's in. I don't remember what the term for this is, but basically, like it's a fishing net kind of situation where they're oriented in a square. You have nets hanging down with, like, a floater on top okay, and stuff. Yeah, so, I mean, like, it's it's used for, like, fishing and stuff, but with this, it's to disguise that they're hiding. Stolen under- Buddhas. Stolen, yeah, stolen, uh, you know, statues underwater. Right. Yep. Um, and, yeah, we cut to a news report, and they have, yeah. Yeah, and again, this would be where the movie ends, for yeah. the most part, because, like, the bad guy's major plot has been foiled. Sure. Um, but there's still like, yeah. A good, there's more movie. Yeah. And it's, and it's actually like, this is where the stakes get raised. Yeah. Because now the boss is not fucking around. Um, no. pretty quickly he kidnaps, uh, Moilek. Yeah. Um, and then we see basically that like Ting is going to fight the steroid guy who I only refer to as Roid Rage. Oh yeah. So, um, I did find his name. It's, uh, Samming. S- oh, that's... S-A-M-I-N-G. Okay. I did um, see that name in the credits, but I wasn't sure yeah. who it was. Okay. Yeah. Um, and instead of being in the usual bar, they're on the border between Thailand and Burma. Oh, is that... Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it's There a- is some, like, dialogue between Big Boss and his betting partner. Yeah, About, yeah. like, you know, oh, it's, you know, why'd you move it on to the border and stuff? And it's like, well, out here, you know, nobody's going to be up our asses if anybody dies. It's no man's land. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes so, sense. Like, I was taking notes. Yeah. About, he's yeah. kind of implying like he's trying to get Ting killed. Right. Um. And, well, is whatever. So yeah. So we watch, you know, the whole fight. Well, so with the impression the f- that t- before the fight starts, we see Samming shoot up. Well, I said he's and, Rage guy. and we see Ting wrapping his arms. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he wraps his arms in the fucking rope, and it looks fucking awesome. Yeah, which is apparently, like, a, a very traditional yes. part of... And it specifies that this, um, what was it, Moy... Moy Bran. Taking the um, rope all the way up to the elbow Yeah, is emblematic of that style versus other ones that would only have you wrap to, like, the wrist. Yeah, yeah, wrap up to your, yeah, mid-forearm. Yeah. Um... It just looks so fucking cool and badass. And you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, things are getting real. Like, again, American, you know, mm-hmm. action movie, fight fight movie structure. You're like, this is the big fight. This is, like, the special moves fight. Like, everybody's going to be, like, really badass. Their final form, you know? Mm-hmm. And so you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he loses, and you're kind of like, the fuck? And then you're like, oh, well, he lost because that guy's on steroids and whatever. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool. Uh, Samming kicks him out of the ring. He lands on the announce table. Yeah. Well, they're they're in an actual ring, ring. this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As yeah. opposed to just a dirt floor. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's in. Yeah, they're in like a ring. He kicks him out of the ring. Lands on the announce table. 
must not be the Spanish announce table uh-huh. because it did not collapse immediately. Right. But, but then, then he double foot stomps yeah, him through Samming it. Yeah, Samming jumps out and crushes him Yeah, through it. And I was like, oh, there it goes. <laughs> and you're like, okay, sure. He's super, yeah, he's drugged up. Right, got it. But then you find out that he threw the match. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. That yeah. kind of makes sense. And like, whatever. Um, Ting and George meet Big Boss at and, a yeah. gas station. Yeah, it's like a gas <laughs> station. And the agreement was that like, you throw the match, my guy, you know, gets all, all the money, all the acclaim, whatever, whatever. And you'll get the girl back and uh, the young buck head. Yeah. Long story short, that's not true. Yeah, they um, give him an empty crate. Yeah, and then the Big Boss has a whole little soliloquy of like, well, you fucked me over for a lot of money, and also your religion is stupid. And you Religion's really... stupid. Yeah. I am your god now, because I decide if you live or die, and guess what? I chose die. Anyway, kill him, see ya, and he leaves. Yeah. And um, before the other, like, enforcer guys, like, leave the room, the one guy's like, keep it quiet. Which doesn't make any sense, because you're in a gas station in the middle of nowhere, but whatever. So the guy stops to put a silencer on, and when he's doing that, because he's, like, literally standing on Ting's, like, neck with the gun to his head and then he pulls a silencer out of his pocket and starts screwing it in so Ting uses that time to whoop his ass yeah um, he does a great thing where he kicks him so hard in the side of the head that the guy's head flies down into a table yeah and he just like face plants onto a table and then he's unconscious and then he does it again a second later with the guy that was trying to kill George by back kicking him so hard into some shelves that his head like whiplashes back into the shelves and he's unconscious yeah the guy um, that said to keep it quiet is outside going like, I said keep it quiet. He's like, come on, guys. It sounds like you're in a fight in there. And then, But I'm not going to investigate. Yeah, and then somebody comes flying through the door. Not the open door. The door. Closed door, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, actually not George comes diving out. Yeah. That's where we mentioned. The, yeah. 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 There is a stunt person who, again, has hair that is like a couple of inches long and dyed blonde. Right, or is again, wearing a wig that's a couple of inches long and blonde. And I'm right. like, yeah, if it's fast, you don't notice it so much. But that is way more hair than this actor has. Yeah, his hair was basically shaved. It's pugsley. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, a fucking boot yeah. camp haircut. So, yeah, it's noticeable. Yeah. So then, uh, this is where my note says, Ting has fire legs. Because... Uh, yeah, there's guys, like, in the general vicinity, and Ting comes leaping out, and both of his legs are on fire. And he just does some, like, whirlwind kicks and knocks them out, and then he jumps in a big bucket of water and puts his legs out, which is good. But it's incredible and insane. And then this scene is where I coined in my mind the phrase, tie daylight Batman, because there's four guys guarding a cave, and the cave is where we know Boss is... And their whole, you know, organization, they're in there. They're chopping the head off a big Buddha that's carved inside, right? And he has four guards posted outside. And it's just a static shot of the four of them, you know, guarding the cave. Yeah. And Ting just walks in from off screen and knocks them all out. And it's like they could not see him because he was off screen. Yeah. Yeah. He runs up from, like, viewer right. But, like, they're in a clearing in front of this yes. cave, so there's no way that he... Wa- like, and, yeah, and Allison, these four Allison. guys are all, he like... He was off-screen. They couldn't I know, see him. I know. I know. It's crazy. It's great. It's... And I was like, oh, he's basically Batman. Yeah. Where, like, people never see Batman because he's, like, four feet above them. Like, if I walked into a room and there was a man standing on, like, a, ho- a high shelf, I would notice that man. But yeah. they never do. <laughs> no, I know. And then he just jumps down and he's like... A Batman, and he snaps at her neck or whatever. 
something comes from off camera like it's an ambush. And it's yeah. definitely not. No, it's again, it's a thing yeah. that would read so much funnier, like with just a hair different tone. You know? Yeah. Like, it's just like sure, they can't. Yeah. Like, if Austin Powers did it, you'd be like, oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Like, they can't see me, babe, because I'm off screen. You know, and you'd be like, oh, that's funny. Mike yeah. Myers is a genius. Yeah. And so he's like in the mouth of this cave fighting dudes. It is mostly dark. in the dark, yeah, and yeah. It's, it looks amazing. It is, it, yeah, like it is. I guess mostly natural lighting or like knows? masquerading as natural lighting, but yeah. so like it's pretty dim. Yes, it's mostly but dark, but like it's still very visible. Yeah, the spot lighting is great. Yeah, it, everything reads. You know where people are, what they're doing, their yep. their movements, how they're relating to one another in a space. Like yeah. it's so well done. Um, this is also this entire section is using the whole kung fu dust thing. Yes. Um, which was something that, like, I hadn't really thought about before. I should probably read about it, I guess. But, like, it's now that I was thinking about it, I'm like, this is something in a lot of these styles of, of movies. And what is it? To telegraph moves and also make them look like they hit harder? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's the same. Okay. So I read a thing years ago. Because it definitely the, works as, like, a highlighter for, like, where people's feet are and stuff like that. Yes. Uh, somebody, you know, you'll see this a lot in movies. Somebody will land a kick and there's a big poof of of talcum powder or whatever yeah it's in a lot of stuff because it makes the blows look like they land when you read a comic book or play a fighting game and you hit there's that starburst of impact right yeah um this is that and it's the same thing as i years ago i read in uh, uh like an interview with somebody in wrestling who said they always encourage um new wrestlers and stars you know to keep their hair a little bit longer because then they can whip their hair around and their hair is always wet and like oiled up, you know, because it looks better and it doesn't stick to people and you don't get your hair ripped out and whatever. But, um, you know, whipping your head around sprays water everywhere out of your hair, even if it's only a few inches long. And it looks better. The impact looks better. When you get punched, if you whip your head back, even with a few inches of hair, your hair all goes like, whoosh, you know, and, huh. and liquid spl- sprays off you. And you're sweating and there's oil and water and shit on you, you know. Yeah. So it makes all the impact look more serious. Well, because also wrestling does its own foley work, too, with hitting the mat with yep. your off foot. Yep. Or hitting, yeah, other yeah, parts go, of your body. You go to super kick somebody, you slap that thigh, baby. Yeah. Sounds like it really hurts. <laughs> yeah. And so, and then, so I mean, like, that also happens with, yeah, maybe it's adding, with adding in uh, sound impact and stuff yeah, yeah. like that. Of, like, yeah, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Or, yeah, and or WWE, again, the crunchy skull sound that right. I was talking about. Well, the WWE does their own version of that where they pipe in cheers when the audience is not cheering. Well. <laughs> that happens a lot. Yeah, that's different. <laughs> you can read about it literally all the time. Yeah. They do it constantly. Yeah. Where people are lackluster or downright hate a thing. And Vince is like, no, they loved it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you heard wrong. They uh, The microphones weren't picking up the frequency of the cheers. Uh, just pump, pump some in. So oh, you yeah. can see, it's great. You can watch and people are just like, no reaction. They're just stone-faced, sipping their $11 Cokes or whatever. And it's like, Woo! Fuck yeah! It's my favorite wrestling show ever! Give Vince McMahon your money! Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't think he said that. That guy's lips weren't even moving. This audience is full of ventriloquists. <laughs> sure. the all-vaudeville show. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no. So this this entire thing has, yeah, a lot of the, the dust and stuff. Yeah. And you're, you're still getting, like, the good thwack sounds. It's great. Yeah. yeah. It's super impressive. Um, um, but so I feel like that's definitely of... uh, using it where it's needed. Because, yes. like, the bar scenes and stuff like that were way better lit than this. Yeah. So to have a lot of that, like, concentrated here, you're really getting, like, stuff that's, like, visually yeah. legible, I guess. You could, you could read it. Yeah. 
I mean, it's just smart filmmaking. I mean, yeah. that's really what it boils down to. Is okay. it's it's really smart filmmaking. I watch, you know, we watch a lot of movies, yeah. and people do shit in low light scenarios, and they they don't always look good, right? You know, sometimes it's just like it's all kind of like dim, and they're you're you know, and you're like, oh, they justify it by being like, oh, it's dusk, or you know, the lights are off in this building, but it's like, but I still can't tell what the fuck I'm looking at. Yeah, Suicide Squad, <laughs> for example, like so much of those fights are in like buildings where the power is out, and it's just like, oh, that dark shape that I think is a hero punch that other dark shape. I guess that's good. I don't know what happened. Did they kiss? Uh, what are they doing? Are they dancing? You can't tell. You just have yeah. to assume it's fine, and then you know. Cool. Whatever, but this is like in a cave, and it's still a reads as in a cave. Yeah. But B, you can see it. Yeah. What a novel idea. Yeah. In this visual medium, allowing me to see things. Yeah. So that they can impress me, rather than telling me you should be impressed. Yeah. Again, like it's it's still very much reads as like pretty dark, pretty dim. But yeah. so when they move past that into the deeper part of the cave, where again, big boss is having guys like trying to saw off and chip away at the head of this giant Buddha. It's enormous. Big industrial work lights in there. And the whole thing is better lit. You yeah. Know, it's it's a set. You know, yeah. it's the whole thing. And that's fine. Yeah. It's a set. It's got scaffolding and right. stuff. Like, because we already we're... did the yeah. like dim light fight and it looked great. So now you're like, oh, this room has light in it. Yeah. So it's fine. Like, it doesn't read as fake or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, also, this is our finale. Right. So and you want to be able to see yeah. it, which yeah. is, again, another note movies should take note of. Like, this is your finale? I'd like to see it. I don't have any specific examples, but I know I have yeah. watched movies where I'm like, this is the end? I can't see anything. It's also probably one of our more, like, striking sets. Yeah, it, it looks like a Street Fighter level because yeah. there's a giant Buddha and there's scaffolding on either side of it and there's... Guys who refuse to... Exactly like Street Fighter. There are people in the background who refuse to stop doing whatever menial task they're doing because there are two men killing each other, like, eight feet away. They're just like, now the boss said keep chipping, so I'm gonna keep chipping. And they're literally, like, chiseling away at this Buddha neck while, like, yeah, Tony Ja and anybody else and George, like, six people are, like, fighting with swords and George is getting hanged. Like, that guy has a saw? Like... And yeah. at no point do they stop working to watch that. They're just yeah. like, gotta keep chipping. The boss said to keep chipping. Like, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's movie logic, and yeah. I love it. Yeah. Or uh, the thing that you were always making fun of with Law and Order of like, oh, cops are asking me about this chick that oh, died, yeah. but I still gotta put these boxes on this truck. To be fair, yeah. I'm not the only person that's noticed this. Famously, John Mulaney has yeah. a whole bit about this, uh -huh. but he's not the first person to notice it. Um, yeah, I would always watch Law and Order and be like, none of these people stop work. Like, if a cop came into my job and was like, I have to ask you questions about, like, a murder, I'd be like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to get somebody to watch the counter for a minute because I don't want to be distracted while I answer questions about a fucking murder. I got to I gotta put this fish on this truck. Yeah. It's like, you can, you're only going to be there for five minutes, dude. Calm down. And these guys are, it's the same thing. Was Munch there? I wasn't watching. Munch was probably in the background. <laughs> it's just a lot of crazy shit. Uh, like I said, at one point, George almost gets hanged. Yep. This guy is my favorite, and he's kind of not, like, a big deal. But that guy loops, uh, you know, a noose around George's neck, which is, like, an extension cord, maybe, or something. It's, yeah. Because it, it's not, like, rope. It's, like, something. Yeah. And then he's, like, hanging George, like, lifting it. Then when Ting comes over to fight him... He's holding the noose with one arm, and he pulls his sword out to fight Ting with the other hand. Yep. And I was like, that guy is amazing. I'm not, I don't want to tell Boss how to run his organization, but that's a guy that should get promoted. Sure. He's like, he's really yeah. carrying his weight. Yeah. Multitasking. Yes. Taking initiative. Yeah. Yeah. Handling two villain, two of your nemeses at once. Yeah. 
That's that guy should get like at least a generous yeah. Christmas bonus. Real self starter problem solver. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, he does get knocked the fuck out pretty quick. Yeah. Ting like front flips over a table and kills him. Like. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, his greatest weak- weakness is lack of focus. It's on, true. On, yeah. Focus can't focus on a single task. His job once. interview yeah. ended with the with the boss being like, "What do you think your greatest weakness is?" And he's like, "I work too hard. I care too much." Yeah. <laughs> And Ting was like, I will use that to my advantage by kicking him in the face. This other dude fights Ting with a Hanna-Barbera saw, like the old-fashioned, one of us is on one side, the other one's on the other side, we're going to saw this tree down. Is that a a whip saw? I think so. Okay. Um, Yeah, where there's, yeah, two handles and a bunch of teeth in between, and, you know, one person would take one, one person would take another, and you fell a whole tree together. Right, and so he's, like, whipping (laughs) it around, which is obviously dangerous. Um, He, like, you know, hits Ting with the the other handle, you know, in the face and stuff. He has it where he's holding both handles and swinging this, like, arc of toothy bladed metal, you know. But then, then, the most fucked up thing where I was like, I cannot believe I forgot this. He's trying to press it against his neck. Yeah, he runs it flat. Like, at Ting. And Ting blocks it with his forearms. And the guy's just driving a saw into Ting's arms. And Ting is just, like, holding him off. And the whole time I'm going, oh, fuck. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I can tell you that he can't feel his forearms at this point. No, no, I know. Like (laughs) With enough training and stuff, you harden that that bone. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, You reduce your nerve endings and stuff where, like, that's not going to hurt anymore. Yeah, no, I get it. I've seen seen chefs on cooking shows just take hot shit out of the oven without an oven mitt, and I'm like, I get it. But at the same time, oh my God. Yeah. Um, I did martial arts for years. Yeah. Did you make it to the saw class? No, but I mean, like, we had drills where we were specifically just hitting our shins. Oh, they had drills? No. We would would do. (laughs) Come on, that's funny. We would do drills where we were just hitting our shins together or our forearms together with somebody else until till it didn't hurt as bad. And it was never the same day you started doing those kinds of things. It was like months later. Yeah, no, I know. I know the, the concept is that yeah. you do the hair, like micro fractures yep. and then they heal and it's tougher. Yeah. I, I get um, it. But at the same time, oh my God, that man was pressing a saw into his forearms. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, he's, he's, you know mastered this uh martial art that involves a lot of like knee and elbow strikes his forearms are dead <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah he's got stone hands <laughs> so that dude breaks george's arm which immediately apparently that was uh deleted yeah the, these two certain... things were cut out of Edit. one of the one of the versions yeah. i read yeah because mm-hmm. then immediately after that uh ting like catches one of his kicks and then like swings his leg over like uh, climbing on top of a horse and then breaks his knee which is rough <laughs> Yeah. Sounds rough. Yeah. Looks rough. Pretty good. So then um, Samming is with the boss. Yeah. And Ting has time to, like, stop. He takes his, like, rope belt off and, like, wraps it around his one form, his right arm. Mm-hmm. And he puts the fucking uh, Ninpat herbs in mm-hmm. his mouth and lets them, like, you know, dissolve and stuff. And he spits on his forearms, which I, I'm assuming is, like, a numbing Maybe. thing. Maybe. That's what I got from it. I was trying to think of what that would do. Like, he's like, oh, I can fuck him up now and not feel how, mm-hmm. you know, bone-breaking all my hits are. And then he goes up to fight uh, Samming. I don't know. It's wild. The guys in the background are still do- work fighting, you know, uh, working on the boot ahead while there's a fight going on, like, right behind them. <laughs> At one point, Ting, they get a CGI, like, close-up of Ting's, like, eye, his pupil, bursts into flames. Yeah. Because of anger, I guess. And then he does what seems like a fatal elbow strike 
to the top of uh, Samming's head where they added like CG blood spray. And you're just like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I was like, cool. He killed that guy. But guy's not dead. Well, then the boss shoots Ting, produces a gun because he's, you know, a crime guy. Yeah, did we did we mention that he like injects himself with like six needles at once? Did you say that? Who Samming? Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's Roy guy. It's just I don't know. Okay, yeah, but, six but we, is a we lot. saw him do one earlier, and then this is just like a comical amount of needles, and he, I believe, does it on his left side this time instead of his right side, so it's even closer to his heart. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. And yeah, sure. it's one of those things where he's just like yeah, like pushing down. It's like when you see people light like three cigarettes and smoke them all where it's just like a silly in everyday life no but no but just where it's like where it's just like that seems like too many yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be no. doing it once yeah i get what you're saying yeah i you forgot know? to mention that yeah um it's like five or six he jams them and yeah and he pushes, pushes the all the plungers down. down yeah so he's uh, sky high yeah super, um, super juiced but so uh, uh, it's just it's a quick series of events yeah so we get the cgi fire eye yeah and then the flying crown elbow yeah crown of his head elbow okay the boss then shoots ting yeah in the shoulder yeah he we wings didn't even him. know he had a gun well, of course he does he's i know i know yeah um he had a knife earlier he just had That's, a knife to give yeah. to mad dog i mean he's got a chair so i guess he's got storage i guess wings him so then george hits the boss with a board mm-hmm. then roid rage hits george with Angbach with the head yeah and then ting flying double knees roid rage through all the scaffolding yeah through the floor and probably a couple of other floors below that yep it's incredible yep it's just like it's so wild and it's cool it's cool as shit it's cool as shit fuck that guy well and it's it's kind of like how samming ended the fight earlier except this is way more intense yes (laughs) way more intense and it's just awesome it's you, you just love it yeah uh while they're fighting on the scaffolding, finally these two guys who've been chipping away at the thing are like, hey, and they, they kind of take a couple swings at him. But like, um, so you, you see Tony Jaw like leaping back and forth this great distance between the scaffolding, you know, and he jumps across, kicks the one guy, knocks him out. And the other guy like gets up because he'd like kicked him down or whatever. He gets up and starts running at him with like a hammer. And Tony Jaw, like that guy's jumping across the gap and Tony Jaw flying knees that guy in the chest. Yeah. And then they fall, and you're just like, God damn it. Which also, you saw a move like that earlier in yeah. oh, the yeah. gas station fight because yeah. he jumps the bed of a pickup truck to flying knee, knee a guy somebody. in the rib cage. Yeah, it's amazing. Again, like a, a lot of like early, you know, in, in less high stakes fights, showing you moves like these and then paying them off again later. Sure. In like a bigger way. Yeah. Um, so the boss produces a sledgehammer and he's yeah. going to crush. The Angbach head. Yeah. And this is George's hero moment. Yeah. He dives on the Angbach head, takes uh like three or four sledgehammer yeah. blows to the body. Yep. He's like turned his bloody mouth, you know, and he like looks up and you hear like uh crumbling rock and you see like things falling down and he looks up and the Buddha head falls. George rolls out of the way with Angbach. The Buddha head crushes right through the big boss, yep. through the scaffolding. And rolls down and lands on George. Yeah. Um, so he's kind of pinned under the rubble. Yeah. Underneath it. You can see a crack in the head where uh, there is gold underneath. Yeah. Which is a reference to an actual, like, historical occurrence with a Buddha statue. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So it's called the Golden Buddha. Its official title is um, 
Praputa Maha Suwana Patimakon or something. I'm. Let's just go with okay. Golden Buddha. Yeah, it's located in the temple of Wat Tramit in Bangkok. And at one point, the statue was covered with stucco to conceal its value sure. and was lost for 200 years. When it was relocated in 1955, some of the plaster got chipped during its like move yeah. to its new location. And they realized there was gold underneath. So there is, in fact, like historically, like a golden Buddha statue that had been covered. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's just an interesting, fun thing to put in there. Yeah. Anyway, George is dead. Yeah. Yeah. He died. Um, and I mean, yeah. like, the, this movie's like, it's like a hard out. It just shows... Uh, yeah, Moilex you know, just screaming. Yeah, well, it shows Ting back at the village. Everybody's like, you brought the head back. Mm-hmm. That's kind of it. There is a version where he survives that we mentioned before. George, yeah. Yeah. Because um, Ting survives in all versions. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah, where... Where he shows up just on crutches at the yeah. the celebration. But this is better. Or, yeah. But yeah. I honestly think this is better. It's you know it gives his character like more of an arc. You don't you know, and it's it's a, it's more dramatic. Yeah, sure. You know? Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, that's the movie. And yeah, yeah, you just you see uh you know everybody back at the village and stuff, and Ungbak is uh, restored. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. The end. Yeah. I mean, I chose this movie uh it's yeah. my, my turn to pick and i think you maybe have been able to tell from all the adjectives that i used to describe pretty much everything this is great um mm-hmm. this is a great movie uh i you know when you showed it to me i was like that was stupidly impressive yeah. um you know everything that's kind of funny like the stuff that's like like the tie daylight batman where he just walks in from off screen they didn't see him somehow like that stuff wouldn't work if this was totally self-serious Mm-hmm. You know, but there's this like sense of fun and silliness to it that like you're kind of just like on board by the, you know, and again it's paced well. If that happened too early, maybe that would make me like less interested, but it's like near the end. I'm already invested. Yeah. You know, so that happens and you're just like, yeah, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, Ty Daylight Batman. Kick those guys. You know, like fuck yeah. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a great watch. Um if you have not seen this, seek this out. Like this is super fun. I don't know. I yeah, I I can't recommend it enough. Please yeah, please do. Yeah, I would also agree that this is a great watch. Again, I, I really don't have much further to say. Um, it is doing a lot of things right in terms of like how you'd want a martial arts-based action movie to be shot and presented. Yeah. I can see people maybe being like a little nitpicky with the plot. Yeah, and like me. Yeah, because, like, I mean, it's, you know, there could be a stronger story there, sure. But, I mean, also... You look at, like, again, I, I was saying it reminded me a lot of a police story in how some of the shots are presented of some of these stunts. Yeah. And in, I guess, like, also the, um, you know, the the film stock, I guess, has a similar feel. Eh, and, yeah. like, you know, and some of the locations have a similar feel. Sure. You know, Police Story is a movie entirely based around, like, building a plot around action set pieces. It's something that's definitely done in a tradition where the plot doesn't matter as much and that's not what you're here to see. You're here to see what these guys can do. So yeah, I think it's I think it's a great watch. I think anybody that's like very into martial arts movies is going to have a good time with this and it's probably going to bring some different stuff to the table that you're not used to seeing. There Briefly, are... there are two they're prequels. Yeah. Uh, they take place in like the 16th century or whatever. Yes. Which you'd think 
when I read that, I would have been like, oh, these are not going to be that related. Uh-huh. But I, I still held out hope that maybe they would be. Mm-hmm. That we would... Because, like, we see briefly Ting's, like, you know, the master of the village. He's a monk. And he he's the one who tells him, like, now that you know how to do this, never use it. Yeah. And that guy says it's because he learned how to do it. He was really excited to use it. And he got in a fight with somebody and killed him. Yeah. And, you know, his penance was he decided to be a monk. Yeah. So I was like, oh, maybe we're going to build to, like, that. Like, and, you know, maybe Tony Jaw will play that guy. Because you don't really see that guy. He just yeah. kind of walks past. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that'd be kind of fun. Like, we start 16th century, do some, like, history of this art, like, this martial art, you know, this fight style. And then, you know, I knew there were two of them. So I was like, oh, and then maybe it ends with, like, Tony Jaa playing his own master, you know. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's kind of cool. That's kind of fun. All right. But that's not it. It just dives whole hog into, like, the mythology. And, like, when I say mythology, I mean, like, mythology. Like, there's magic and stuff in it, which mm-hmm. is not at all present in this. Yeah. While the second one is okay, like it's it's pretty fun because I don't. It's not that I don't like that stuff. I I, I really do. Uh, the Detective D uh, franchise is a kung fu like you know martial arts franchise that has a ton of magic everywhere. And it's great. Yeah. But um, it wasn't the, what you were prepared for or and, expecting from this as a franchise. Yeah, and also the second one is a hard to be continued. Yes. It doesn't finish its own story. It's like all right, you gotta stay tuned for the third one. And then the third one is incredibly slow-paced, boring, and really over-the-top operatic. And the fighting styles, the fighting in it, is much uh, showier and more, like, flamboyant and less interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, it just kind of loses everything you like that I liked about Ang Bak. I liked, you know, the street-level, you know,ness of it. I liked that fighting style. I liked, you know... Yeah, everything, it's a crime thing. Like, this loses all that in this tale of, like, emperors and magic and, you know, bird men and whatever. And also, weirdly, at the end of the second movie, um, there's, like, an emperor, an evil emperor, who is set up as, like, the big bad. And, like, Tony Jaa is playing another character in, you know, in the past. And you're like, okay, they're gonna fight. And then the third one, pretty quickly, is like, the emperor is not important, I'm the big bad. Except now, Tony Jaa doesn't actually have any reason to fight that person. Except that it's a movie and you have to fight them to end the movie. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have anything to do with anything. And the whole time I'm like, why is this happening? So I honestly, I would avoid the two prequels. I mean, they're fun on their own. But like, if you liked this one, don't expect that to be anything like them. Like this. Yeah. You know? I So I had seen Ung Bak a couple of times. And then we watched it together. Yeah. And then I hadn't realized that there were sequels. Prequels. Well, prequels. Prequels but, even. Yeah. Okay. Imagine that. I didn't realize... What if there were sequels that came before? I didn't realize that there were other films. Yeah, yeah. I'm just kidding. That's um, and then you and I watched together, and I was like, oh yeah, this is kind of a letdown. Yeah. <laughs> again, yeah, the second one I remember being like, okay, like, a lot like the second Matrix, where, again, hard out, where you're like, okay, like, if the third one can really bring stuff around, then this might be better in, in retrospect, but I'm going to need to see how all this stuff gets resolved. Right. And then it doesn't actually stick the landing on the third one in either of those franchises that is true and that's the people part that argue sucks. about one of those statements yeah that's i fine. Don't... argue with us yeah sure on that note you can email us yeah right hey watch great watch that's w-r-i-t-e-h-w-g-w gmail.com to argue with us about how much you love the matrix trilogy or you can engage with us on social media at hwgw podcast on twitter and instagram and yeah. publicly talk to us about how much you love the matrix and how wrong we are yeah. Here's the thing. First Matrix, wonderful. Like, uh, inassailable. Yeah. Second one yeah. has some moments. Yeah. 
And then, yeah, third one, I don't think uh, does anything about anything. Boy, are we talking about The Matrix? Because, okay. So I think the third one is conceptually really fascinating and interesting. I just do not think it works. And the second one, I think, works very briefly until you actually get Neo's first fight scene where he fights yeah. a ton of agents in that courtyard. Yeah, and once then you he, have the flying well, away. At the, yeah, at the it, end it, of the fight, it, he just it, flies it away. It blows your stakes. So yep. the entire time he's been fighting, it's been a bunch of CG cartoons. And I'm like, okay, so there's no people here, so this is not impressive because it's just a cartoon. And then when he can't win, he flies away. And I'm like, okay, so what's the stakes? Where are the danger? Like, where, where is it? He just flies away when things get too hard. And I'm like, okay, I'm not invested now. Yeah. And then they try to bring it back in by being like, okay, now there's stakes. But it's like, but you blew the stakes at the beginning. Just don't blow the stakes. Yeah. Just don't do it. You made that choice to do that. Right. And I don't, I, 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 I don't know. I, I love the Wachowskis. I think they're fascinating people. Yeah. I do not think they those sequels They do a lot of very work. good work. Yeah, I do not think those sequels work. And I'm all for, you know... We watched uh, Bound during lockdown. I had never seen it. That yo, was astounding. Bound is great. <laughs> Bound is amazing. And I'm all for, you know, multicultural, you know, ethnically and sexually diverse orgies. But, like, can we just get a better soundtrack? <laughs> I do not want the EDM. The first two letters in EDM are ED. <laughs> the M stands for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note... Thanks for talking on Bach with me, Allison. Oh boy. Of course. Um, you can get us every other Wednesday. That's every, every other, other Wednesday. Wednesday on the Movie John Podcast Network, where we have a ton of great shows and great content. And um, please like and subscribe and tell your friends to do the same. And write us reviews uh, of a five-star variety. You can say whatever you want in the review, but please rate us five stars. Uh, anywhere that you are able to do that, uh, that would help us out greatly. Yeah. And um, yeah, thanks a lot for listening. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Hey, have you guys seen any giant turtles coming out of the sewer fight crime? <laughs> well, I can't. I got. I mean, I'll answer your questions, but I gotta keep. Uh, I gotta keep counting these baseball cards. Four, five, say, six, seven. I was gonna say bagels. <laughs> keep counting. I gotta, I gotta keep counting these bagels. <laughs> you know, they're not gonna, they're not gonna count themselves. All right, buddy.